From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. We are live. It's six minutes past the hour, and I hope you and yours had an amazing christmas uh we did it was a just a perfect and i'm gonna say it's perfect even though one thing happened that i wish didn't and if you're a facebook friend of mine you saw it because we yeah i did put i i posted the picture as well uh margie heard this loud crashing sound i did not hear it but i know it happened on christmas eve and all of a sudden, well, Margie didn't know exactly what it was at first either. But later in the day, she called my name and I came to the window, the kitchen window overlooking and the dining room window overlooks the backyard and a fairly tall, very old oak tree decided in all this wind, it got uprooted right out of the ground At first, I thought it came from the woods behind our home and fell over the fence. Then, upon examination, it actually was a tree that was on our side of the fence, and it went over uh, into the woods, and like a hot knife through butter, it just, the width of um, of the tree went through the top rail of the vinyl fencing, and then about half, I was going to say halfway, probably about a third of the way, maybe a little more than a third of the way, I didn't measure it, through the fence, so it's sitting there. We were going to attend to it yesterday, and the person that um, is going to help us out because it's going to take a chainsaw. So Margie said, "I, I have to be careful what I wish for, I'm telling you. Margie is, she has, I've called her the secret weapon for longer than my broadcasting career. She just has this ability that whatever she says, it happens. So guess what Margie said? And incidentally, it doesn't always happen in the conventional way. Margie said earlier in the day before the big crash see i remember when and this was only part of the tree when they we had to take down a big oak tree and i really liked this tree but the atlantic city electric arborist said it's it's just you you got to take this tree down so i watched it get taken down the man up there on the you know, suspended by a rope and just taking down section by section just the last part that they cut down. This was a very mature, probably, I don't know, 100-year-old oak tree or something like that. Very, very big tree. Just the piece, I don't remember exactly, I have it on video. I don't remember exactly how high it was, maybe the last 20 feet or something like that, but very, very big around. They took that thing down and the house shook when it hit the ground. 
These oak trees are very, very heavy. So anyhow, Margie earlier in the day said, we need some firewood. Later that day, crash, bang. Uh, Honey, we have firewood now. So she said to me, I have to be careful what I wish for. I wished for firewood. I said, I know. So anyhow, we're going to, we got, we have a good person with a chainsaw and they're going to cut the thing up and we'll have a lot of wood. So Margie got her firewood and, uh, we don't need a new fence, but we need a new section. All right. I have a deal. I have a deal. I think it's a fair deal. I told you about this guy before Christmas, the congressman-elect George Santos of New York, and how the Democrat media, they're all over him. Notice the New York Times has never written a story, really, about what a liar Joe Biden is, what a plagiarist he is, all of it. But they come after this guy who nobody knows, like it's the end of the world, because they want to knock him out. Because it gets the Democrats to within four seats. Because the Democrat, look, you, you go have scandal and this kind of thing and then have to have a special election. A Democrat could win that seat. They know exactly what they're doing. These diabolically dishonest people. So, look, I said it last week. He stretched his resume. It, it appears he lied. It was in the campaign that he had lied. But. You can say what you will about that, but here's my offer. When Joe Biden resigns his presidency for being a serial liar and plagiarist, then I support George Santos resigning effective immediately. But that's not going to happen, and therefore Santos should absolutely not resign. Now, you know Democrats, they're going to push for a vote to see if they can stop him. This this um, session can't do it because he's an incoming member of the next session. But they're going to try. They'll try to keep him from being sworn in. However, he meets the age requirement. He has the election certification. He has all the things you need to legally be sworn in. You just have to be 25 years of age, a resident of the state, which you're elected. The the certificate of election, it's called. So that's it. There's nothing to bar him from being seated unless the full House voted to bar him from their ranks. I just don't. Well, you never know, though, if all the Democrats and then you you know you have some jackass Republicans. I'm not going to rule it out. They they might be able to take this guy out, but perhaps it won't be able to even be posted because the majority wouldn't post it. So I'm expecting that Santos should be seated, that he will not be absent on January thirty four uh, January third. If he was ousted, though. Then you would need only 216 votes. But Santos is a guaranteed Kevin McCarthy vote. 
So the media is going very, very full court press because they love the mischief of, oh, the first time in 100 years if uh, McCarthy doesn't win on the first ballot. This is what they want. They want to be able to say this is all a big mistake. Look, you were really smart. You kept the Senate in control, the Democrats, this mistake that happened. We can we can work this out. We can fix it. We can we can cancel it. I'm so sick of these people. And their blatant dishonesty. Representative Dom McEachin of Virginia died last month. So that takes the majority number from 218 down to 217. Should George Santos not be seated? And listen, Democrats would never do this. They would be just like, shut up. The election's over, you election denier. This could only happen to a Republican. It's just the way it is. And it better not happen. I'm not for the guy if he lied, and I'm not defending any of that. I'm just saying this is the way it goes. Joe Biden is dishonest. We had a completely dishonest election. If the American people had known that the Hunter Biden laptop, the Joe Biden laptop, the Jim Biden laptop at all, that that was not Russian disinformation, that it was legit. And that this Biden Inc. makes millions of dollars around the world, leveraging the levers of power. Then guess what? He would not have been elected. Nobody said, oh, no, resign. You know, you're done. No, we're stuck with this with this guy for four, two more years, four years total. So George Santos, if you're listening, don't let them snooker you into resigning before you even take office. And to the Republican majority, just understand what the Democrats would do. Look, if after you win... If the Republicans decide they want to take him to the ethics committee and spank his hiney and say, you know, you lie, don't lie again, whatever. But don't give up a seat in a House of Representatives that right now is 222 to 213. And it really isn't 213. It's 212 because the fellow who died Sadly, in Virginia, as a Democrat, so it's not two twenty-two to two thirteen. He won re-election. That's how close it was to. He was still alive, but very terminally ill. So it's two twenty-two to two twelve. But don't do what they would never do. So I'm very comfortable. I really thought about this uh, in the couple of days since we were last together that it's not hypocritical for me to say it's wrong that he embellished his resume. He did some stupid stuff, too, like he's a Catholic, but he campaigned that he was Jewish. Uh, That's just unnecessary and weird, and and I have no answer for that. Again, if this was a Democrat, they would say all kinds of stuff because – He's openly gay. He's the first openly gay, non-incumbent Republican to ever be elected to Congress. So, you know, there'll be all kinds 
of canceling going on. Anybody that would criticize wouldn't matter if the person lied or embellished. Look, he said he had a college degree. It doesn't. His job history is a little shaky. He worked for a company that did work with Goldman Sachs and one other uh, large financial institution that I forget. But he didn't work directly for them. And he said that he did. So that's embellishment. Some of it's flat out lying. Some of it's embellishment. They call it sort of resume embellishment. He did just did stupid stuff, though. Said he had tax exempt foundation. All you have to do is look up. They're listed. I mean, it's stupid stuff. No reason to do that. Even properties that he said he owned and his net worth. A lot of things. I don't support any of that. But the election was held. It came up during the election. His opponent brought it all up. He won. Just like Biden won. Biden, I'll tell you what, I'd make that trade. Santos, I hate to say it, but I would sacrifice you. Santos goes, Biden goes. Biden stays, Santos stays. Somebody argue with me on that. I'd love to have the conversation. We'll be back in just a little bit. Fox News commentary. Gen Z is so triggered by the overturn of Roe v. Wade, they may change schools or even leave the country. Audio snowflakes. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. America's kids are at risk. Parents can't control their education. And states are taking over health decisions, even letting children decide their gender. Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax all this holiday week, and he's warning about the dangers to our kids with the woke agenda. Tune in tonight for Rob Schmidt and his series, Kids at Risk. You'll be shocked. This holiday week, check out Newsmax and Rob Schmidt. Make the switch to Newsmax. You won't look back. According to a new survey by Best Colleges, 39% of students planning to enroll in undergrad within the next year said the Roe v. Wade decision will impact their decision, with 37% of current students claiming they would have gone to a different school in a different state had they known the decision earlier. And some of these crybabies are even more dramatic, saying they want to leave the country altogether. You know, while I think these brats are extreme, annoying, and melodramatic, I wonder, if some do decide to leave the U.S., does that mean we don't have to foot the bill for their student loan forgiveness? Because if so, I'd be glad to see them pack up and ship out. But boy, if they think their rights and freedoms are limited in the USA, wait till they get a taste of policies around the world. We are the greatest and the freest nation in the world. And maybe these kids need to find that out the hard way. I'm Tommy Lahren. You can watch my show. Tommy Lahren is fearless on Outkick. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. And we welcome you back to the Hurley in the Morning program, 23 minutes past the hour. I just saw Cardinal Dolan saying that Christmas isn't over yet. He said he's going to be driving around the archdiocese. And if he sees even a single home without their Christmas tree still displayed, he, I, didn't, I didn't commit it all to memory, but it said something like, he will be cursing you for the entire year. He said that the Christmas tree should stay up until the Sunday after New Year's, which we basically, Margie and I, we kind of have a rule. Sometimes we we, we break it and, and we mean extend it. But usually at least a week after the New Year even, 
something like that. It's not like set in stone, but it's pretty much what we do. Hey, this shouldn't surprise you because this is the way it works. Mueller outspent so far Durham by five times. And all all Mueller was doing was fake Russia collusion, spent 32 plus million dollars in his failed attempt to indict President Trump. Mueller on the I'm sorry, Durham, on the other hand, has spent about six point five million dollars of tax money since October of 2020. Interesting, isn't it? Mueller had uh, 19 lawyers, 40 FBI agents, all kinds of people working on trying to get Trump. And evidently, this new guy has more than two times what Mueller had. Make no mistake about it. This They picked the most aggressive prosecutor in the world. This guy puts presidents around the world in jail. He left where he was putting some president or some other nation in jail to do this. One thing, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this. You got to give the Democrats credit. They are animals. They, I mean, they they go for your throat and they do not let go. People like George W. Bush win. Oh, no, we're not going to prosecute anyone. We're not going to do anything. And and it's all forgotten till they get back in again and kick your face in. I am so beyond being sick and tired of this. And see, it's not my nature. I'm telling you, I commentate about these things, but I, you, I think you know the way I live my life. I don't hold grudges against anybody. I forgive everybody. If I mess up, I ask to be forgiven. I mean, I, I, I don't live like these people live. They're horrible. But you have to fight fire with fire. Republicans, I hate, I hate to say this because it's against my nature. But it's got to be done. They have to criminally charge the criminal Democrats, not go not go in search of a crime. There's plenty right there on the table. I'm totally against the Democrat playbook. Uh, Remember, Joe Biden said a Democrat media member said, should Elon Musk be investigated? Joe Biden. I mean, like you breathe air, he said. With ease, he said. Well, I don't know if he's done anything wrong, but yes, he should be investigated. What the hell does that mean? In America, if you don't know if someone's done anything wrong, you don't have any cause. This isn't this isn't Russia, North Korea, China. Where you just pick a person and you make you invent a crime. Here's another thing that happened while you were gone, or I should say on holiday. West Point is taking down Confederate monuments. I always do a disclaimer. Look, I'm not glorifying. I'm not worshiping the Confederacy. But it is part of our history. And this changing of the names of the bases 
and taking down the portrait of Robert E. Lee in Confederate uniform from the library and a stone bust of Lee. That's in storage now. It's kind of like what Stockton did with with um, Richard Stockton. It's just wrong to keep in place reminders or parts of our history is the correct thing to do. You, you just you want to understand the true nature of the history of our country. And they plan to eventually remove all 13 identified references and installations honoring the Confederacy on the campus of the Military Academy at West Point. And, of course, all this done during the holiday break because they're dishonest, not not these good military people, but this administration, they're so dishonest. They know you don't care right now. You're on Christmas. It's New Year's. Most people are on vacation. How many people do you know? You send an email and bam, it comes right back. I'm not back until January 3rd. I've been getting that return reply since a week ago. It just so happens that this is not a time where we vacation. I wish it was. And, And hopefully someday when I can slow down a little bit, it will be again. Because I do miss that. I mean, almost everybody I know is off today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and coming back next Tuesday. I'm working, instead of that, I'm working starting tomorrow for the rest of the week, double shifts. Not only not off, but working at least twice to three times as much. And oh, incidentally, I'll tell you a little bit about about it as I go into this break. We have had a monstrous digital week. I, I think, in fact, I, I better say I know because I keep very close tabs of this. I know for a fact that the last seven days have been the biggest and it's supposed to be when no one's reading anything. Uh-uh. I never believed that. We've had the biggest stretch in terms of connecting with our readers that we have ever had and we've been doing big numbers all year huge week i cannot thank our readers and listeners enough and as i go to the break i'll tell you a little bit about what we've been doing over the past several days not the past week it would be impossible to squeeze it in This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley with a bunch of articles that you can follow on our WPG 95.5 talk radio app. Mays Landing's David Wigglesworth, and I broke this story, and I didn't didn't want to, but I I did. I had to. uh, Was shot and killed on Christmas. His wife has been arrested and charged with his murder and is in the Atlanta County Jail. Numerous articles that we wrote in the last several days. Best casino restaurants. Best non-casino restaurants. Best chicken wings. Best creme brulee, best hot dogs, and a major story about Congressman Van Drew. 
From the Towns Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. The bitter cold is finally releasing its grip on New Jersey as temperatures finally climb above freezing and then into the 40s and then into the 50s by the end of the week. I'll give you a high of 36 today. Early clouds, then sunshine. We're staying completely dry today. Mainly clear tonight, low 29. Partly sunny and getting warmer tomorrow. High of 46. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Tis the season for savings all early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We also wrote a very nice piece. If you didn't get to see it, it's all right there. If you just click on my picture on the either the website or the app uh, about Will Reynolds and his team and the partners that they've been working with. Uh, it's a really, really nice piece. Elon Musk has done it again. I'm telling you, this guy, I, he has to be... He's fascinating to me and, and utterly brilliant. I know it. Yeah, and seems a bit zany. And, and I think the difference between genius and insanity is about the width of a credit card that you could slip between the two. I think there is a lot to be said for that. It's, it's apparent that he is just extremely bright. He has another talent that uh, I don't have. It takes me longer to say something than it does some people. That's probably not a great thing. So that that's not um, that's self deprecating. That that's not a compliment. Self compliment. Uh, I'm not very good at being pithy. I don't want to break it down. I think I could psychoanalyze it uh, because I'm held to such a different standard. That I really, everything I do has to be really tight. These other people, they can be wrong, just goofy and, you know, not get it right and nothing matters. Oh my gosh, if I get something wrong, it's it's just, it's the end of the world. I don't mind it. It's not fair, but I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't like it. So no, I'm not good at pithy, but he is. He said, and I quote, Every Twitter conspiracy turned out to be true. Think about how much he said. What is that? Eight words. Every Twitter conspiracy turned out to be true. Eight words. And he said a mouthful. But you, if you embrace the truth as we presented it, because many times I would tell you, that this sounds like an opinion, but I'm telling you it's a fact. It's just the truth hasn't become self-evident yet. So the other side can lie. And that's what they get away with. I mean, think about during the debate when Joe Biden would say 51 CIA and directors of this and that intelligence community all say that the uh, the laptop is Russian disinformation. The only person saying that it's that it's true is is this guy or he would say is Trump. Meanwhile, Biden knows he's lying through his teeth. He knows every single thing. If he can still remember it. And let's see what happens now. I mean, look, these Twitter things have been coming out. The Democrat media, they don't cover it. So understand something. There are many people 
you might find this unbelievable, fascinating. I mean, I will tell you, I haven't watched an Alphabet Network, other than a sporting event, but an Alphabet Network or cable show on any of those freaky channels in years. My God, I don't even know. 15 or 20 years. I, I, don't, I don't even believe this. I, for many years, I actually would watch every Sunday morning show with some crazy delusion that, well, I have to watch them doing my job. I have to, you know, Monday when I come back, I have to be able to, it was never necessary. I came in one day and I said, I am never doing that again. And that is something I'm good at. I'm very good at cold turkey. And I don't mean the, the booze. Isn't there a booze, cold turkey, or something like that? I can just turn something off, and it's gone. I never, ever went back. Now, I will find out things. I'll read articles, and if they say that this person appeared on that program, I don't ignore it. I just don't devote a single second of my life to it. And and I remember saying to everyone, it is one of the most empowering things that used to be, I think, from the 9 o'clock hour until about 2 o'clock every Sunday when I barely get any time off. Reclaiming that was incredibly empowering. And I never tell anyone what to do, but I strongly urged and suggested and recommended that you do the same. And I know there's people that I have to see what the other side is doing. Now, you know what they're doing. I mean, you just put yourself through pain, torture. You know what it's like. You know what they're doing. And always remember this. This this is maybe me being pithy. And I stole this from Miranda Devine. So I guess I'm not being pithy. She was. But I have said this even before I heard her say it. But she said as recently as uh, this past weekend. All you need to do to know what the other side is up to. Is and what they're doing, what they're actually doing. Is to listen to them tell you what and accuse the other side, because whatever they are accusing the other side of it's projection, it's called. They are actually it's it's all Alinsky's rules for radicals as well, but it's actually exactly what they're doing. And it's very effective because if you if you can take all that stink, all that wrongdoing and you can put it on your opponent. And they have to explain, I, I didn't do any of that. Good luck trying to flip that. That not only did I not do what they're saying, they're doing it. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure they are. Now, it's it's crazy. But that's what they do. And they're real, real good at it. Kirk Conover is going to join us after the top of the hour. Chuck Malamut in the 8 o'clock hour. And then we're going to have mostly open forum. We're going to begin the 9 o'clock hour with Bob Progner. We're going to go over the Eagles game. I have to say that was... Um, very frustrating. Four turnovers, backup quarterback, and still they were within, what, 20 yards of winning the game on the last play. I mean, that shows you 
what a really, really good team the Philadelphia Eagles are. It's very similar to the other game they lost to Indianapolis with the turnovers. Look, if you turn the ball over three times against Dallas the other day, you win. You turn it over four times, you don't win. But it was really looking promising. I remember when it was 27 to 17, I said to our company, we had a a nice um, Christmas Eve party. And I said, hold them, just get one more score, and you drop the hammer and the game is over. But it didn't happen. Dallas scored. Then the turnover crap started happening. And incidentally, the name is weird. The shoulder injury has a weird name. But it appears that Jalen Hurts is hurt more than what was known. At least publicly known, I should say. It's not. It hasn't been released whether it's a grade one, a grade two, or worse. But based on some reporting, it appears that he has a grade two sprain in his right shoulder. There's a name for the area that he sprained. It was um, not the common. It was actually not a common shoulder injury, actually. That he has. So it looks like they haven't said it yet, but it looks like the stash Gardner Minshew will probably start in the next game. And it's even possible that he would start against the Giants in the final regular season game. The Eagles would like to avoid that because then if they do get the bye week, I mean, it would be a month without playing. Now, I I got a couple of phone calls over the weekend, and people ask me, oh, this is a shame. Uh, You know, the injury is going to prevent Jalen Hurts from getting the MVP. I don't think so. Idiots say stuff like that. That, that That doesn't end the great season that you had. Now, look, if... um, if somehow Patrick Mahomes uh, and uh, Joe Burrow, I mean, if they do something absolutely crazy over the next two weeks, then that hurts, pun intended. But I still I still believe Jalen Hurts is the MVP of the league. And again, I stick to my guns. My goodness, the um, the Minnesota Vikings, they are the luckiest team I've ever seen. Do you know 11 of their 12 wins are within a touchdown? Now, some of them are eight points, but that's a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So many are three points, four points, seven points, eight points. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, and I, I went through week by week, and I'm pretty sure that 11 of their 12 wins are one possession. I think four of them are are kicks at the end of the game. Either regulation or an overtime. Four. They're the luckiest team that I've ever seen. I I don't think they're very good. They're not a bad team. I mean, they've won 12 games. You got to give it to them. 
Eagles are 13 and 2, Minnesota's 12 and 3. Now all the Eagles have to do, this is very fortunate, and that that Dallas loss was very big. The Eagles basically have to win one game. And they'll have the best record because they have a two-game lead on Dallas. Best record in the conference, or I should say, yes, in the in the whole conference, which would be the bye. And, of course, they would win the division. But that's pretty amazing, though. 13-2, and two, and they still haven't clinched either their division or the um, uh, the the conference. And there's only one bye. The rest are going to have to play. Two will play seven, three will play six, four will play fives, something like that. Uh, let's take a quick timeout. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. Proud to say that this is. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. That's what I mean by quick break. Oh, that's my kind of break. We don't see many of those on the Hurley in the Morning program. Oh, isn't this special what I'm going to share with you next? Katie Hobbs, who I promise you is the worst candidate ever to become a governor in this country's history. She is a joke. Let's see how fast she removes all those shipping containers because they can't wait to open that border back up. This is not the plan. You don't block that border. We get to lie and say, oh, if the other side would help us. This is what I mean by projection. They've left the borders open for two years. Five million plus traffickers, drug, human, otherwise. All kinds of bad stuff. And they blame Republicans for it. But this Katie Hobbs is just just a woke, broke joke. She wants Carrie Lake sanctioned for the Arizona election case. Why why is this not America where you you have millions of votes cast and the race was lost by 17,000 votes? There's all kinds of documented evidence that there were problems on Election Day in particular in Maricopa County, what would be wrong with bringing about a, a contest? I wouldn't have any problem if Katie Hobbs had lost by 17,000 votes and she embarked upon a contest phase. So, quote unquote, enough is really enough. It's past time to end unfounded attacks on elections. See, only if Democrats win is this language applicable. It's past time to end unfounded attacks on elections and unwanted, unwarranted rather, accusations against election officials. This matter was brought without any legitimate justification, let alone a substantial one. I don't agree with that. I simply don't agree with that. I told you she wasn't going to win, but she had every right to do this. And look, it can't be totally bogus. I mean, a judge actually allowed two of the different uh, motions that uh, Carrie Lake brought forward, legal motions, to actually be heard. The judge heard the items. 
in a trial. So she wants her to be sanctioned. She wants attorney fee demands and all this. And again, this is what Democrats do because they 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 lose ugly and they win ugly. Usually you win. Oh, it's over. You know, I'm happy. I'm, I won. You know, let's just go on. No, no. They want to come and get you anyhow. And look, she'll probably get it. I mean, because it's bizarro world. Everything that shouldn't be is. And the, ver- the reverse is true as well. Everything that should be isn't. This is an interesting one. I believe in Rasmussen polling. Now, Scott isn't involved with Rasmussen uh, polling anymore, which is called Rasmussen Reports. But it bears his name still. A full 63% majority want the FBI to probe the social media censoring that went on. That That's really encouraging. What that means to me without looking at the breakdown, that means that a lot of Republicans – A lot of independents and, of course, almost all Democrats would be against this. It's really even a bigger number, but the one side lies about everything. So really to get to 63 percent anymore on anything is really hard. So likely and what I love is Rasmussen actually polls likely voters. What a shocking thing to not poll unlikely voters and then report the findings of how the American people feel. 63% of likely U.S. voters say they support a congressional probe of the FBI. Only 22% oppose such an investigation. And ladies and gentlemen, you know who those losers are. The worst, the worst of our kind in America. They are the hideous portion of the Democrat Party. They're the, the party of the KKK, you know, you know. You know that with the party I'm talking about. Internal findings at Twitter released by billionaire Elon Musk show the intelligence community, including the FBI, were in constant contact with the big tech giant to censor posts. You had this guy, Baker. Baker tried to censor Trump for sharing what was called at the time that there should be COVID calm. President Trump didn't want the American people all crazed and lathered up. So he put out a message calling for Americans to not be afraid that there should be calm. And Baker, who was with the FBI, then with Twitter, tried to get Trump suspended. This is the sitting president of the United States trying to keep calm in the country. And this is what these people were doing. Why can't you go after Baker? I'm not I'm not using it as an exact analogy, but they went after um and I never liked this guy. I got just have to be honest with you. It's not personal. I don't I don't like the way he operated. Alex Jones. Alex Jones. I've never really gotten into this in, in any at length with you at all. But as I watched all that, 
I thought, wow, you can charge somebody. Like there are people that don't think that we landed on the moon. Now, I, I not only think we landed on the moon, I know we landed on the moon many times. But there are people who believe. Actually, there are people who believe that Stanley Kubrick was brought in to this was after the bad fire of Apollo one to fake moon landings so that we didn't risk anyone dying again. There's people I'm telling you, I've talked to them. There's people and I know people listening right now. Oh, well, of course, Harry, that was done on a on a Hollywood movie set. Now, I know we landed on the moon. I know it. But there are people that don't believe it. Alex Jones believes that Sandy Hook was a complete hoax. I was aghast when he said that because I thought, oh, my gosh, these parents have buried their children. And we know it happened. This is why is he saying this? It's terrible. But I thought in America you were allowed to be a jackass. This guy, he's been found. He has to pay people. He's never going to be able to do it. A billion dollars. More than a billion. Nobody really talks about. I I mean, will the Supreme Court ever take that up and say, look, it's hideous what he did. But you cannot you cannot find someone guilty and order them to pay because they cite an opinion that's completely out of the mainstream. I don't know how that would ultimately be decided if that's how it would go or if it would stand. But when you start now saying that now, what if somebody else takes a position about something? You you make them you make that actionable. And don't get me wrong. I, I, I crushed him on air when he was saying these things. I thought it was some of the coldest, filthiest stuff you could ever do when parents were burying their little children. That someone would say it didn't happen. How somebody could do that. Uh, that, that was the final straw with me, with, with Alex Jones. But I was never a fan to begin with. I, I never liked everything I do, I can back up. Even my opinions, I feel very, very strong that I can back up. But when I do something fact-based, I can back it up. I mean, I waited yesterday. I, I reported more than an hour before any member of the media that there had been a fatal shooting on Christmas. I waited until I had two incredibly solid sources before I would even think about breaking the story. I mean, these people that just come out and say that murders didn't happen. I don't know how you do that because there's nothing you could look into that would ever give you fact based information where you could make that so that that has to be your opinion and it's it's and it's a terrible one to say that these children weren't killed and that it was a hoax the argument is though is that something that you can recover for and the answer thus far is yes. City, W-E-N-J-H-D-3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Kirk Connor. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground. 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour, and I know it doesn't feel like Tuesday, does it? These are the days. See, for me, it's easy, though, because last Friday, I put out our schedule to all the folks that will be appearing today, like Kirk, who's here now, and Chuck, who's next, and anyone that's ever been on the program knows usually the day before but i sent it out last friday so for me it was easy i knew the weekend would come i knew monday was the holiday because christmas was on the weekend incidentally a lot of times you think the calendar automatically moves just one day uh and i'm trying to think i guess yeah christmas eve was was saturday christmas was sunday christmas will be monday in 2023 so I had someone say to me, oh, man, we get cheated out of a day. I said, no, no, you don't get cheated out of a day. If you work, if you're off on the weekend, you're going to be off on Monday. Uh, this year, Christmas is on a Sunday and New Year's is too, by the way. And so you're going to be off uh, on Monday for the holiday. So it's it's not a problem. Yeah, Christmas Eve was a Saturday. New Year's Eve will be of course saturday again and then new year's will be sunday and then most people get even if you don't have collective bargaining and it's it's a paid holiday or anything like that it's just celebrated on the monday the holiday there won't be mail and things like that so during the break i went over some of my notes because over the weekend i had a number of people contact me about will jalen hurts injury cost him the mvp the sad thing is uh because just certain things you can't you can't change them they're not fair it's not right but you might forget but i don't uh carson wentz before he had that double knee injury might even have messed up three things in one superman dive and it was in the 13th game of the season he had the eagles rolling best record um his stats were fantastic he was prohibitive mvp but guess what he didn't get it jalen hurts on the day he was playing and many days before that odds on favorite if you know anything about betting hurts was at minus 130 Mahomes was at plus 120. Josh Allen at plus 1,000. Burrow on the Bengals, the Bengals quarterback, plus 1,000. Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, plus 10,000. Tua, Dolphins quarterback, plus 10,000. He's out now. Justin uh, Herbert, Chargers quarterback, played last night well, plus 10,000. A few hours after Hertz's injury in the third quarter of the game before last, Mahomes is now minus 130 and Hertz is at plus 110. And then if he doesn't play this week, it's probably going to go down some more 
which isn't fair because I don't think an injury it used to be in the NFL that if a quarterback went out hurt, the automatically when you were well, you came back. It didn't matter. You can go back in the records and see there were times where quarterbacks would have a five, six or more game winning streak. The starter came back. It's not the way it is now. Tom Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe never got his job back again, and it's never been any different since then. Kirk, uh, do you agree or disagree with um, the way an injury just seems to completely change your prospects? That is the reality, Harry. And that's, uh, you know, these sports figures, you know, they have uh, – I guess whoever de- determines the MVP, I mean, they have short memories. But also, I think part of it is to truly be an MVP, you got to play the whole season and contribute, you know, substantially the whole season. Yeah, I think that's a shame, though. I mean, if you if you took your team to thirteen and one, the best record in the entire league, not just your conference, I, I still think it should be based on how you played. While you were playing, one good thing happened though. Uh, there's a coward who wouldn't take my bet for 365 pizzas, and because he's a coward, he would have won. It didn't even matter who I, I said. I guarantee that Hertz is going to be the MVP. I base that on the fact that he never put his body out there the way he did on that one play. But Kirk, I don't fault him for doing that because he needed the forward progress. I think it was a fourth down type situation. They went for it and needed either four, five, six yards. It might have been like a six-yard deal. And they went for it, and he went for it. And instead of being able to slide and avoid any contact, he went right into it, and we know what happened. He got he got crushed, and the player came down on top of him and the shoulder and, and all of that. But, yeah, there's a coward out there that's almost like a stalker of mine, Kirk. Uh, he needs mental, you know, uh, institutionalizing, I think. But didn't have the courage to take the bet or or I'd owe him 365 pizzas. Now, they were for charity. He wasn't going to get pizza on his face. Uh, but he was a coward and wouldn't take the bet. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's amazing. They're out there, you know. But yeah, all mouth, no guts. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I remember being in the studio and you taking a call from one of those nut bags. You know, they were doing serial calls that day all over the country. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you remember that? I do. I forgot <laughs> until you just said it. So, do we agree <laughs> that uh, Hertz is not going to be the MVP now? Now, if he came back next week. And play great, and then he played the last game against the the Giants and played great. See, what would be the difference though? What what about what if they started resting Hertz in the second half of the last three games? If the Eagles were winning all of them, he's going to lose the MVP then too because he's not padding stats. I mean, I I just don't agree with this. Now, who determines it? Uh, I'm not sure who. I I think it's pretty, it I think it's like um like baseball I think the sports writers pick the MVP. Huh. Huh. I'll double check that but I think well, it, I think it's so. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean it's uh, it's unfair but I I don't know. 
I saw something last night that said he's going to play this week. That's not what I hear. Yeah. Maybe it's like he wants to play this week and oh. he thinks he should be able to play this he week. He wanted to play last week. Now, what I hear is they're working on making sure that he can get the shoulder back the strength to be able to throw at 100%. So, I I, I mean, right. hey, listen, I'd love him to play. Uh I won't bet pizzas on it, but I, I am almost certain that he is not going to play this week. What I had heard was he will yeah. not play this week. No no official word has been given but because they don't have to yet. But I think you're, we're going to hear by today or tomorrow probably that that Hertz will not play. Maybe they'll say something like in an emergency, he's available. Uh, he didn't even dress last week, as you know, and that they'll leave open that – if they need next week's win against the uh, the Giants, that that he might play Minshew, and I'm going to cover this at 9:05 with Bob Progner. He was pleased. Bob was pleased with Minshew's play. I I think he was okay. Uh, I don't think the fumble was really his fault. I just think it's one of those plays where it just didn't get tucked away, and away it went. Uh, the interception. I don't put that on Minshew. I thought Minshew put that ball where the receiver should have caught it. The defender wanted it more. And I think the defender also had gravity on his side because the way they each caught the ball simultaneously, the one just had the ability to, like, rip it away and go down with his whole body weight on it and just seemed to want it more. Those two plays, that's that's your game right there. Well, until the Miles Sanders fumble, they were I figured they were going to win it. Me too. And I even thought they I even thought they were going to Hey Kirk, I thought they were going to win 41-40 when they had enough time to get the um the touchdown to win the game. Even after the yeah. the second field goal by Dallas. You know, on that last drive, you know, they got they were able to, you know, get the ball almost into the end zone every play on passing but the uh, protection was breaking down so Minshew didn't have a real clear shot I mean that that last pass he sort of threw out of the end zone I saw Goddard wide open at like the two oh no he had people open where they could have got the first down didn't necessarily have to go I thought the third and fourth down play selections going for it all was not necessary at that point it's a shame also, remember, they had to burn a timeout because of a stupid illegal procedure, false start or whatever it was, because they had to avoid the 10-second runoff. Hey, Kirk, get a load of this. I'm going to read it. Comment after the break because we're running a little bit late. I'm going to blame you because you're too interesting. Get a load of this. Voting format for NFL MVP award undergoing major change. Starting with the 2022 season, the NFL's MVP award isn't actually handed out by the NFL. It's voted on by the Associated Press. And the AP has announced that it will be making some major changes to how the award is voted on starting with the 2022 season. Ugh. Ugh. The media, again, too much control. We'll be back. Sean Hannity is up. I'm Hurley in the morning with Kirk Conover. We'll be right back. 
Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. I mean, what are you going to do if the, if the FBI is having weekly conversations with you and your company? Uh, be on the uh, alert. Uh, they're going to have foreign countries going to try to um, influence our election. And they're called hack and leak operations. And they might even try to do it to Hunter Biden. And then a Hunter Biden story comes out. And now you're going to say, oh, I'm not going to listen to the FBI. See the level of intimidation there? You know, if, if Twitter does one team's bidding before an election and they shut down dissenting voices on a pivotal election, that is the definition of election interference. And Twitter was acting like an arm of the Democratic National Committee. That's Elon Musk's own words. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, do you want to improve your shooting? Of course you do. Now you're going to love Mantis X. Now they have improved my shooting dramatically. It is a must-have for every responsible gun owner. Now the Mantis X is a high-tech but simple-to-use system used extensively, by the way, by the military and it improves your shooting quickly and will give you the confidence in your ability to protect what you love. Now, here's how it works. You attach the Mantis X to your firearm. You connect with an app on your smartphone or tablet or Bluetooth. It gives instant feedback on what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and how to correct your technique. Now, the Mantis X is like a firearms instructor right in your pocket. And 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. And Mantis X is the best way to train at home. No driving to the range, no spending money on range fees and ammo. You're going to save a ton of money and improve your shooting. So start improving today. Just go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you to the great one. 22 minutes past the hour. Kirk, so what do you think of that? All new changes. The AP picks the MVP. I don't know what they're... Uh what they say they have major changes. This was just a November yeah. 8th article, so it's very recent. Uh that 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 was mentioned that in the piece that I just read before the break. So there you have it. I don't know if that is helpful or unhelpful to someone like Jalen Hurts. I do think this, though, if what you heard is true and that he will play, if he plays and they win and they clinch the best record in the, uh, you know, in the conference and win the division and then, you know, finishes out the season, I don't think one game would derail him. That's that's true. I, I think you're right there. And uh, why in the world would they pick the AP? With all the different sports writers out there, if they're going to turn it over to the media to pick an MVP, spread it out. Well, remember, the, the NFL is, you know this, Kirk, they're very woke. This is fitting. Yeah, but what's, uh, it's, I don't know. What qualifies the AP and their sports writers to do this? I think it's terrible. I just don't uh, see it. I, I, ne- yeah. I Look, I don't know how it should be done because it's always subjective. It's always open to criticism. But I never liked that baseball writers pick the Hall of Fame. Wh- what the hell is that? You know, who are they? Uh, and college uh, ratings are picked. Uh, you have the coaches poll, but you have sports writers that pick that kind of thing and pick the Heisman. Uh, I don't know what makes them 
they cover it, but they're they're some of them. I think there are people that don't even do sports uh, for a living, whether it's right or or sports talk, that know more than they know. Some of these people, uh, just because you you are a sports writer, I don't I don't think they should be the ones picking any of these awards. I don't either. I just have a feeling that uh, it's going. It's not going to go Jalen's way. Um, well, let's, let, I, I here's think. what I'm resigned to. If he's done until either the last week of the season and they just play him for like a half or a quarter just so he's not off for a full month, if he doesn't really play until a month from now, he's not going to get the MVP. I'm resigned to that. Right. He's still yeah. the MVP of the league, and I call him – when I write his name, I've written it a few times on social media posts. I put Jalen – and then in parentheses, MVP hurts. He's still the MVP. Mahomes is going to get it, though. Uh, Mahomes made a big statement over the weekend, and you, you can't take it away from him. He's he's. Uh, hey, listen, Nate, but I'll tell you what: he's lost th- uh, two or so more games than Mahomes has, or than than Hurts uh, has, and he's won some garbage games. Uh, I think you, when you put them side by side. There's no doubt Mahomes is putting up some big numbers. But Hurts, I believe, has had a better season. And look, he's out of the lineup and they lose. Uh, I think he's the MVP at many yeah. different levels. Yep. You know what? I, I just have to throw this in. I'm very surprised that the Eagles' defense didn't do a better job on you know, Saturday. I think you're right about that. Giving up 40 points. Well, I'll tell you what what, what hurt. Um, the way that they were trading, uh, just they couldn't stop. And it kept it keeps you out there for long drives. So you get gassed. This is on the other side of the ball. But I will tell you, and I know Bob Progner is going to say it at 9.05, losing Lane Johnson at least for the remainder of the regular season, if not for the entire season with this abdominal groin thing, that is catastrophic, Kirk. That's a bad. That's bad. That's uh, he's the best they have on the offensive line. Correct. But yeah, the I'm I'm wait waiting for you know the Jim Johnson defenses of the '80s and '90s, you know, to come in and just crack down on somebody. But this defense plays brilliantly for a while and then they start giving up big plays yeah and it also seems like they're very susceptible to the run although i do know that dak prescott had success throwing the ball as well uh maddox getting hurt uh hurts them in the secondary i don't know how bad his injury is i need to check that before we go to bob progner at 905 but the eagles um i would hate to see a phenomenal season go down the tubes if they start getting key injuries that just completely change the team. Because, look, if the Eagles have – do you have any doubt if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback in that game? I have no doubt that they win. None. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt at all. I mean, I don't think he would have thrown the interceptions. Although I do think that that really Minshew is held harmless on the one interception and on the – the fumble uh, by Sanders. I, I I didn't see anything. He it it didn't get maybe 
it's open to interpretation whether he didn't put the ball where it needed to be. You know, the other thing that you have to consider, too, and it's not it's not like a lefty situation, like all of a sudden the San Francisco 49ers had to go from Joe Montana to Steve Young. That left-hander throws that ball with opposite spin. It's very, very challenging to 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 as a receiver to get used to that when you were used to something else for so long. And the Eagles team, they were used to um, Jalen Hurts. The thing I didn't like about Minshew, I don't know if you noticed this, Kirk, uh, he was throwing high the entire game, which sets your receivers up to get busted up. And that's because he throws like three-quarter. You know, he doesn't throw a traditional arm motion. Yeah, got. I'm going to tell you what he does. He He's like Drew Brees. He seems like a shorter quarterback, and he has that same Drew Brees release. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in Jacksonville, they were mad that uh, Urban Meyer let Minshew go to the Eagles. Oh, no, they liked him there. He, he was a bona fide starter. They, they liked they him. Him. Yeah. 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 He, and, you know, like after he left, you know, their, I don't know, the main newspaper down there, their sports section went crazy. And they were saying that uh, now the Eagles have the best backup quarterback in the whole league. <laughs> but, you know, you got to play. And, yeah, he, he's been sitting out, and it's really hard to come in and have a consistent offense when, you know, all you have is practice reps against the second team. But I think he, you know, when you when you put up 34 points, you should win. I, I, no question about it. But the turnovers, four turnovers were the difference. It's not even all on the defense. I know what you're saying, and I don't disagree with it at all, Kirk, but it, the four turnovers, you go look at the, the stats of an NFL game and see how many teams actually win a game when they have four turnovers. The Eagles could have had three, and they would have won the game. Four, really, really next to impossible to win. Kirk, when we come back, uh, my Hurley doctrine was with respect to Congressman-elect George Santos of New York. I think it's the third congressional district. I don't even know why I remember that, but I know I know it's uh, I know it's true and I don't even know why I know that. But anyhow, he has apparently embellished his resume and made some misstatements about everything from his education to his job history to ownership of properties to his net worth that he has a tax exempt foundation that he doesn't have. There's no doubt about it. I don't defend him for the resume enhancement. Uh And my offer is as follows. When Joe Biden resigns for being a serial liar and plagiarist, then I support George Santos resigning immediately, but not before. I want to get your take on that next when we come back. It's 31 minutes past the hour. With Kirk Conover, I am Hurley in the Morning. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And we put up a slew of digital content over the holiday weekend uh, from Mays Landings, David Wigglesworth being shot and killed, apparently by his wife, who has been arrested and charged with his murder. She's in the Atlanta County Jail. Uh, numerous articles about the best casino restaurants, the best non-casino restaurants, best chicken wings, best hot dogs, best creme brulee, and a major article about Congressman Jeff Andrew and the illegal immigrants who were bussed. 
From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. The final week of the year is a pretty dry one. Our next chance of rain doesn't come into play until the New Year's weekend. We'll see early clouds, then sunshine today. Staying chilly and dry, high of 36, at least that's above freezing. Mainly clear tonight, low 29. Partly sunny and 46 tomorrow. Mostly sunny skies on Thursday with a high of 53. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Let Manhattan Bagel take... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Welcome back. 35 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut on deck, 30 minutes out. And remember, when Chuck arrives... At 8.05, it will be 5.05 in his time zone. That's a uh, that's a teammate. That's a gamer. Kirk, right before the break, I said, here's my offer. When Joe Biden resigns for being a serial liar and plagiarist, then I support Congressman-elect George Santos resigning effective immediately. I think that's a good trade. I'll take it. That's a fair trade. And, uh, and it's more than fair because... Biden's lies actually hurt the country. You know, they, he went out this summer saying, oh, the first, uh, um, you know, two quarters, we, we created over a million jobs, and it turns out it was 10,000 jobs. You well, know? also, uh, Biden's lies changed the results of the election. It's already known. It's been analyzed by dispassionate analysts that, that say that if the American people knew that all of that Biden family grift was true, uh, that 20 percent to 25 percent of the voters for Biden said they will not would not have voted for him. He loses. I mean, he won the presidency by 40,000 votes over three states combined. So it's not even it's not even in the same hemisphere. Their 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 lies. Look, how many voters do you think? And first of all, the challenger Santos said he didn't go to college. He didn't graduate. He didn't work for Goldman Sachs. He doesn't have a not for profit charity. This was all out in the election. I don't know anybody that that really. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm voting for Santos because he worked for Goldman Sachs or or he has some kind of charity. Uh, his lies and that he's oh, 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 he's not Jewish. He's Catholic. I mean, his lies were just stupid lies. Biden's are at a completely different level. That's for sure. Uh, his lies hurt hurt the whole country. I mean, you know, saying up going up there and saying is uh, the border secure and and uh, you know we're we are energy we're increasing energy production we're energy independent you know it, it just is is horrible and and that whole un, uh, employment thing creating the jobs that lie yeah not only. Um, you know, made it look like, okay, the economy's okay. It influenced the Fed and what they're going to do. You know, if that, uh, the actual number of jobs, which was 10,000, not a million, uh, had been the number out there, the Fed may not have raised rates again, you know, and it may have, you know, moderated their hawkish stance. And, you know, I, th- I think the, f- the Fed was influenced by it and the election was influenced by it. And it's horrible. And I'll throw another little uh, free agent uh, 
you know, piece into the trade. How about Senator Blumenthal up in uh, Connecticut? Oh, yeah. Opposer. Absolute liar. Right. So he'll get sworn in unless Republicans are just completely ridiculous. He will get sworn in uh, and that'll be that. Fortunately, there are enough liars on the other side that I think somebody actually said this. If you got rid of every member because they lied about themselves or these different things, think how many people you'd have to get rid of in the Congress. (laughs) I mean, really, it's so it's so serious. It's funny. Kirk, let's let's shift gears. President Biden is going to jet set today at taxpayer expense to St. Croix, Virgin Islands. I think the optics are absolutely terrible. Americans are dying in the cold. And, of course, he gets a free pass. And in addition to that, he's leaving on the very day that Title 42 may end because he's asked the Supreme Court to end it, just to hold it until the 27th after Christmas. This guy doesn't care about optics. The The legacy media protects him. Imagine if Trump were to leave under these circumstances with Americans freezing to death, literally, in some cases, dying because of the cold. And on the day the Title 42 may end, this guy's jet-setting at taxpayer expense to St. Croix, the Virgin Islands. You can't make this up, Kirk. No, it's bad optics, but it's also bad policy. I mean, he should be here directing you know, FEMA or whatever part of the federal government that, that can help, uh, you know, Western New York dig out from all this. I mean, it's crazy. The, the first responders are paralyzed up there. Uh, yeah, it, it's not good. And, but it, it fits everything we've seen with this guy. He ran a campaign from the basement. Uh, the media protected him. They're going to be protecting him on this trip by saying uh, the president's always in touch, always in charge. He's got massive communication possibilities from Air Force One and wherever he is. Well, they never said that about Trump. Don't get away with that. There you go. That's right. Jigsaw. Never, yeah. Yeah. It's just the uh, jigsaw. Yeah. Anybody that knows jigsaw knows. <laughs> it, we better explain. The jigsaw is when two people say the same thing at the exact same time. It's jigsaw. I don't know how many people remember that. <laughs> I knew you would. Well. <laughs> when you laughed, I loved it. <laughs> well, and it also reminds me of a, a fellow that was an absolutely fantastic uh, individual, and he's been, he's been uh, he passed away, you know, probably ten years ago. But he had the uncanny ability to say exactly what you just said a split second after you said it. And it always fascinated me. Was that? Let me let me break that. Let me break that down. Was that because they heard what you were saying and went with it, or they were thinking it too at the exact same moment? No, it was because um, he heard what you were saying, and he, he could follow along. He could say it so fast, yeah, it right. With, just, that he almost was saying it right with you. Right. Got right. It. Yeah. Got it. Right. Right behind. <laughs> Well, let me, Kirk, let me let me ask you this. Um, January 3rd, even though the Democrat media hates it and unless Democrats win, it's illegitimate. Republicans will take control of the House of Representatives. I'm very concerned about the Republicans wounding themselves, because if this if this goes to beyond the first ballot, 
the Democrat media, no matter who wins, even if McCarthy wins on the second ballot or whatever, or or Steve Scalise, I'm starting to believe Steve Scalise is going to be the Speaker of the House. And, and I'm the first person I believe in this business to say that uh, he's not campaigning for it. But if these never Kevin five don't vote for him, McCarthy can't be the speaker uh, unless people start voting present and change the numbers and weird stuff. These five say they will not vote present uh, and that they will not vote yes for him. So we will see. But I'm worried about how they start. I want you to comment on that. I'm worried about it, too. Um, I always am reminded of uh, President Reagan's admonition that never let the perfect uh, drive out the good. Um, McCarthy's not perfect, but he has, he basically, to me, I mean, what has he done that disqualifies him from being speaker? These five, you know, they want the perfect conservative to be the speaker that agrees with them. At some point, you got to realize the Democrats never break ranks and the Republicans do. Yeah. And that's a problem. And it used to be the opposite. Republicans never broke ranks and the Democrats always did. It's amazing how you're so, so insightful on that, Kirk. It's flipped completely 180 degrees. McCarthy, not only has he not done anything wrong, he's done a whole lot right. Look at how he raised money and campaigned all over the country. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he deserves this shot to be speaker. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, my observation over time uh, being, you know, an elected official and uh, Republican Party um, operative, so to speak, is that it's very hard for Republicans to have complete unity because we're such individualists. We believe in individualism and, um, you know, being you know, free thinkers and all that. Democrats have no problem with just fall in line and, and walk in lockstep with what they're told because they are basically, they believe in collectivism. And uh, they don't have the individuality that the Republicans Well, and, and they were whipped by not only the, the whip, but also by the speaker. Pelosi would just tell them, Jeff Andrew has incredible stories about Pelosi. She would just basically tell you, I'm not speaking on behalf of Andrew right now. This example is not Andrew, but they did it to him, too. I'll say that because I know I wrote a lengthy uh, article about that. He got it at both the um, the national level and down here at the uh, the Atlanta County Democrat level, where he was told if he if he didn't vote to impeach Trump, that he was going to have a primary opponent. Pelosi would tell you if you don't vote the way that she orders, they will put millions of dollars on a primary challenger and they will take you out. That's what they did. They play for keeps, Kirk. Oh, yeah. They're, they uh, they learn well from, uh, you know, the Godfather movies. Yeah, there's... A- yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's something that I've always looked at, you know, that the Democrats are the collectivist party and they're always willing to, you know, form up and, and go lockstep. And the Republicans... You know, like I said, we believe in individualism. So every now and then you're going to get these individuals that fly off. But, I would, you know, my reasoning to like Matt Gates and, and the five would be 
please don't play into the Democrats' hands. Yeah. You're doing exactly what they want. No doubt. No doubt. Kirk, hold on. Final break. We'll be right back. Much more with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamut on deck in less than 20 minutes. This is the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Kirk Conover continues. uh, So you know it is Tuesday, even though it doesn't feel like Tuesday. I guess today feels like, Kirk, does today feel like Monday, not Tuesday, something like that? Uh, Well, normally it would. But I, you know, knowing that I uh, love coming on your program on Tuesdays, I knew it was Tuesday. My man. <laughs> and Friday, I sent you an email that, that uh, we, we would be on on Tuesday, and I didn't do one for Monday. Uh, but it does. It's these holiday weeks um, are interesting, though. They go by very quickly. And before you know it, it's in, with even if you don't take vacation, Christmas and New Year's week, you wind up getting like a three-day holiday each week. It's, it's kind of neat. It's nice. Let me ask you to uh, talk about thus far. Maybe we'll do this a little bit more um, next time. Uh, I'm trying to think. No, this this is our last. This is our last broadcast in 2022. I've got to do this now. Give us your assessment of the year in review. Well, it was a year that was very uneven, and um, I think there's definitely a recession in, in effect. I mean, the, the two quarters of uh, contraction, that's the classic definition of a recession. And, you know, they had all these GDP numbers saying the third quarter there was, you know, uh, growth, of, you know, 2.6 or 2% growth. If that's true, and now we know that there's always reason to doubt government stats anymore, uh, that at at worst, at best, it's stagnation. So you had uneven uh, results uh, throughout the economy. But I also think there's some parts of the economy that are in recession and other sectors are muddling through. And so that's why I say it was an uneven year economically. But the shame of it is, and we've said this so many times, it's all self-imposed. You didn't have to, you know, crush the fossil fuel industry, uh, worshiping or try to undo everything that Trump did, uh, policies that, that were correct and working just because Trump did them. All those things added up to what we have now and the overspending uh, and, you know, that one bill, the Inflation Reduction Act was all health care and climate change. There was nothing about inflation in it except 750 
billion dollars in new taxes that are supposed to go into effect in 2023, which will impede the economy. But yeah, 2022, um, you saw the Fed take a very aggressive stance with the interest rates. And as, as disrupting as inflation is, these artificially raised interest rates are just as disruptive. They influence and um, change investment decisions, whether you're going to buy a house, not buy a house because the interest rate, whether you're going to invest in your business, not invest in your business, whether you can take afford the loan to expand production or you have to sit on the sidelines. So it really distorts the economy in a way um, that is totally unnecessary. I think they've gone too far. That may be the legacy of 2022, that the Fed went too far. And we don't act alone. We're not loan actors. The European Central Bank, EC, ECB, is doing the same thing. And Europe's in worse shape than we are because, you know, they they just got cut off from their energy supplies. They got rolling blackouts going on. They have people... Um, you know, in Germany, they've, <laughs> they're they reopening coal plants to try to stabilize their electric grid. But, yeah, it's it's been a very uneven year, and we um, 2023 is going to be very challenging because basically the overspending of the U.S. government under Biden has left the Fed with only interest rates to manage the economy. And when I say manage, they don't, they influence it by, you know, raising interest rates, lowering interest rates, but they used to be able to uh, manage the money supply. And they just, that um, weapon's been taken off the table because there's not enough people in the world to buy all the bonds that are required to be issued to finance all these tremendous spending programs that the Biden administration put in. Kirk, let me only only jumping in because I want to give you a few minutes to answer this very important economic question. Not lost on me, and we always call it like it is on this program. We're not just going to talk about it while the prices were going up. The gasoline prices just keep going down. I drove past uh, my corner gas station this morning. I hadn't been past it since last Friday, and it's down to three twenty five per gallon, three twenty five point nine per regular unleaded gallon of gasoline, uh, lowest it's been in a long time. Now, I could easily just say, hey, that's China. China's in lockdown. They're not using what they usually do. This sort of explains it. Uh, But I will say that I have heard that going into next year by no later than the middle of the year, I've been hearing about $5 a gallon gasoline. What's, um, What's going on from your perspective? Well, right now, the, the decrease in uh, gasoline prices has been correlating with the decline in crude oil prices. And if you followed it over the last week or so, crude oil prices have started to rise again. Um, there's, In addition to China and lowering their demand for oil, it's also twofold on the American side. The higher price for crude oil allowed a lot of producers to go back into the business. When it was $40 a barrel 
a lot of uh, high-cost wells, the frac, mainly the fracking wells, uh, were closed down. When it gets to 80 and 100, they open back up. So there's there was additional uh, crude supply that, that came on board. But the inflation and the overall inflation and the high gas prices lowered the demand for gasoline. It changed people's travel plans. The high airline price, uh, airline price tickets uh, make people want to drive, uh, make people want to change their plans, make people want to stay home. So there's a lot going on on both sides of the equation. But, uh, yeah, I think we're in for a rough 2023. Uh, it looks like uh, no one is really taking the initiative to allow the producers to produce. No one's taking the initiative at the government level to permit um, new refinery capacity, to permit any type of new uh, fossil fuel production uh they're certainly not going to open up the Keystone XL pipeline. So, yeah, we're going to get more restrictive on the oil front. Um, Europe is totally insane. You know, they want to eliminate all oil drilling, all oil production, everything else, you know, from the North Sea. Yeah. It's, While they're firing up uh, coal plants that they had shut down. Kirk, final minute and 20 seconds. What should be some of the early things Republicans should do after they take the majority in the House on January 3rd? Well, one of the things they, they need to do is put out a, a policy agenda to get us back on the road to energy independence. Now, you're not going to get cooperation from the Senate, and Biden probably wouldn't sign it if it did go through, but you've got to get that out there. You've got to try to figure out a way to... Uh, influence the you know the Biden administration or somebody that they got to come to their senses and they should put out border um actions even though you're right the president can veto all of it the senate doesn't have to take up any of it they got to keep having wins and showing the american people over the next two years uh what america could be like if you make the appropriate changes and i do believe that it's a much better playing field. There's 35 open seats. Two-thirds of those in the Senate are Democrat seats. They have to get victories. Even if the media says, well, they're voting for it in the House, but it's not going anywhere. Well, let the American people, let's bake that into the cake and let that be seen. Kirk, Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year, Harry. Always a pleasure to be on your program. Good to have you. Talk to you real soon. He is Kirk Conover. Chuck Malamut is up next. It is the Hurley in the Morning program. It's already halftime. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour of eight, or it could be six minutes past the hour of five. 
It's kind of relative, all relative, depending on where you are. The following program is presented by Chuck Malamut. Might be 506 where he is. A financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast, subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck, Merry Belated Christmas. Terry, same to you and Margie and the family. How's everybody doing today? Oh, we're doing good. Uh, You know what I hear? Um, Thousands of flights are still canceled today. So for those who think, hey, if the weather gets a little bit better, it just all gets right back to where it was. We've been here before, Chuck. When you have thousands of flights, one day 7,000 and some odd flights were canceled, it takes a couple of weeks or more to work that all off, doesn't it? Yeah, Harry, it'll take some time. It looks like Southwest really took it on the chin. They had... Uh, well, they've canceled 2,500 flights today. Uh, and I know that the government's starting to look at, at the, their operation, per se. I'm not sure what they're going to be able to do to recommend or fix the issue. I think a lot of it's obviously weather-related problems. Yeah, um, and they and get exploited of- once it's not perfect. They just don't seem to have the ability to uh, to handle the disruption, and and they really have disproportionately uh, been affected by the bad weather. I don't know if, in fairness, if it's certain markets that they're predominant in, or if it's a lack of equipment, a lack of pilots, a lack of stewardesses, total crews. I don't know, but in any event, Chuck, let me turn it back to you. Market update. So, Harry. Um you know, if you look at last week, um, up until Friday, that had a tough week. And, however, um, on Friday, the S&P was up six-tenths of one percent, uh, lower by two-tenths of one percent for the week. The Dow was up uh, one-half of one percent on Friday, um, and the NASDAQ uh, was up two-tenths of one of percent. So... We made a fair amount of progress, but Friday, Harry, it was all about, you know, what they call PCE or the PCE deflator. And that is a, that is what the Fed is looking at. It's their preferred inflation gauge. And it was up two tenths of 1% in November, up 4.7% year over year. And that was in line with what economists had forecast. Uh, that compares with a 5% year-over-year increase in October. So, you know, what is happening, uh, this deflator did increase in November and was up year-over-year, and it matched expectations, uh, but it is slowing somewhat from October. And as you guys talked about last hour, you know, that includes food and energy uh, up both substantially. 11 and 13% from, from a year ago. So what is happening, Harry, while that report showed that earnings for the average American were up four-tenths of 1%, that does beat inflation. But consumers right now have basically put the, the brakes on a lot of the shopping. They spent 
uh, one-tenth of one percent during the month of November below expectations. So if you look at the market, you know, Friday in particular, it puts that, you know, the markets have what, and I think Kirk said it well last hour, you know, markets are to catch 22 right now. It's, 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 we're in a dynamic where good news is bad. Good news is bad news. And right. Bad news is worse. Yeah. Oh. And, and it's, it's really hard for those that are on the bullish side of the market to win this, to win this race. If, if the, if the economic indicators are too strong, the Fed's going to have no choice but to tighten until a recession occurs. And again, we've always talked about, are we, you know, are, are we in a recession or are we getting there or have we been there? Um, and if, and if they're weak, then a recession's coming sooner than expected. So, so the bulls have a really narrow path to victory here. You think about this. Inflation needs to come down quicker than the Fed expects. So hopefully if that does happen, that'll cut into their hawkish message and lowering, you know, and lowering the odds of rate hikes as we get in later in 2023. A lot of strategists are suggesting that the Fed, if they're not done or close, as we get into 23 in the latter part of 23, they'll be cutting rates. Um, on the flip side, you know, the, 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 the slowdown, and I'll use the word slowdown in the economic data needs to be that. It, it's a slowdown, not a decline. So that's how you get to that soft landing scenario. Uh, a lot of strategists are saying that that's not going to happen. Uh, the, the Fed was wrong from the start. Wow. And they continue to be wrong. And so what's going to what's going to make this strategy thing? So what's to say that they're going to all of a sudden be right? Uh, so that's, a, that's something we have to think about. Now, Chuck, what's the expression? You, you have to stop digging, you know, before you can then fix. So I agree with you. They've been wrong on top of wrong. And what what is the um, what's the ultimate, uh, you know, game plan? Well, I, I I think 23 is going to be, you know, a little more challenging than what we would have we would want it to be. But let me let me take a step back here for a second. You know, you asked me on Tuesday of last week, are we going to have a Santa Claus rally? Yes. And the market did not look particularly good at the time. And I'm hoping to say that I was wrong, Harry, in that in that assessment because. We walked out on on Friday. The markets did turn. The S and P, the Dow, and the Nasdaq were all up. Um, Free market today, they're all up again. And historically, seventy percent of the time, over there's a they've been tracking this for ninety five years now. The average return over this this week, you know, before Christmas and and right into New Year's up seven-tenths of 1%. Now, speaking of historical data, you know, as, as we limp out of 22, the S&P is down roughly 19%. Um, that's another trend in favor of investors. When the index declines by 20% or more in a calendar year, and it did, do you remember with the S&P and the NASDAQ in yep. particular? yep. Going into the following year, two-thirds of the time, the market is up. 
and and the average gain is in excess of twenty percent. Now, um, I don't want to. I don't know if I'm going to say that's wishful thinking, uh, but you know the, the market has dealt with a lot of really really difficult things, and and in particular, the month of December has not been kind, you know, to investors. The S and P down five point eight percent. The Dow and the Nasdaq have lost four and eight four percent and eight and a half percent respectively. Harry, those are the biggest monthly declines we've seen for those averages in September. And stocks, unfortunately, are also on pace for the worst annual performance since 2008. Hmm. Wow. Uh, sobering. Let's get the first. We'll let that bake in. Let's get the first break in. When we come back, update on year 2022 predictions because this is our last Malamut episode of 2022. We'll be back with Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters. Chuck is here, and uh, so am I. This is. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. Chuck Malamut, yours truly, Hurley in the morning at 20 minutes past the hour. So, Chuck, it is our uh, final episode of 2022. Predictions. Update. So, Harry, if we if, if we go back and look at the end of 22, one of the things I think where we started is what we kind of thought about what happened. And then we can, if, if you want, we can get into 23, or it's up there. We can just go yeah. to 23. We can. Yeah, we, I thought we were going to do a little update on how we did in 22 and then go to 23 after that. Okay. Yeah, that'll work. Sure. So um, if we look at 22, some of the things that we that we talked about, um, one, U.S. Uh, real growth and inflation remain above trend, but decline from the 2021 level, so that was kind of half right. Because the, the the growth and inflation did remain above trend, but um, unfortunately, it was a, it exceeded you know 2021. Um, second, uh, inflation falls, but uh, core inflation remains stuck at around three percent. Again, that was sort of half right again. Uh, because we did see as we got to the latter part of this this year, 2022, that inflation, um, you know, did did come down, started start, started to come down, I should say. But unfortunately, it's you know the Fed wants to get to three and they're not. So we got a we got a pretty far cry from uh, how we, you know from getting there. Um, third prediction. For the first time since the late 50s, the 10-year Treasury would provide a second year of negative returns. Mm-hmm. And um, that, again, was, was half right. Uh, we did have a sharp increase in Treasury yields and a decrease in bonds. And it was probably the worst, one of the worst times for the bond markets that I can remember, Harry. Um, you know, on, on top of 2021, the two-year decline uh, of the 10-year Treasury bond has has eclipsed all modern records. So, so you know, now the the good news is that bank that the bonds have never had three years in a row of negative total returns. So hopefully, that'll be the case here as well. 
Now, this next one is going to be interesting. It's not just 2023 predictions. It's why everyone thinks a recession is coming in 2023. <laughs> is that because it because it is? Well, Harry, that's uh, that's hard to tell. But let's so let's let's go back to 22 for a second. Uh, stocks experienced their first uh, 10% correction since the pandemic and failed to make the gains widely expected, and that was correct. Um, and as far as you know, sector distribution or size and style, I should say, of the market, cyclical stocks, value stocks, and small stocks. Um, outperformed defensive growth and large stocks. And that was large company stocks. And that's for the most part was true with the exceptional, with the exception of cyclicals. Cyclicals did not do well. Um, six prediction financials and energy outperformed utilities and communication services. Uh, that prediction was correct. Seventh, um, international stocks outperformed U.S. for only the second year in the last decade. And going into last beginning of last week, that was correct. Um, eighth prediction: value stocks outperform um, growth, and that was pretty easy. That was correct. Uh, the ninth prediction: after a sixty-plus year low in two thousand and twenty-one, federal interest expense as a percentage of revenue begins a long-term move higher. Um, that was absolutely correct, and we can. Uh, we can get to that in a little bit. And the last, Harry, um, a little bit on your uh, you know, your side of the ledger. You know, Republicans gain at least 20 to 25 House seats and barely win the Senate, and that was incorrect. Uh, as we know, the uh, the Dems continued, you know, with the House but lost the Senate. So that's pretty much where we closed out 2022. Now... For 23, and I think, uh, Kirk, I caught the tail end of your discussion this morning. You know, 23, we're going to be shifting, I think, Harry, from inflation, you know, to a recession. Mm. Um, you know, pretty much the near-term expectations remain unchanged. You know, when you're looking at what happened with the Fed, you know, just most recently, a smaller rate increase of 50 basis points, uh, was great, but but again, their terminal rate, and we'll get into this a little bit of you know, which is now five point one, was higher than most everyone had expected. So, with that being said, the Fed is very very hawkish. Um, there's a couple couple core themes. One, uh, the, the accelerating rate hikes will happen in twenty three. We think sort of the latter part, and this. Terminal rates that I just mentioned probably be about four and a half to four and three quarters. The slowing economic activity that we've seen, uh, we're probably going to have a mild, mild recession uh, in the middle of 2023. GDP growth of one percent if 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 we're lucky, and then a, and then a midterm a mid year correction, and then uh, inflation will continue to move downward. As we see labor market conditions loosen, uh, unemployment reaches that mid four percent range. Wow! Um, and uh, although you know we could get to three on this PCE that we just talked about, this core core PCE, but again, remember the Fed's target is two percent. 
Is any, uh, is anyone predicting that in 2023 it will be formally announced that there was a recession in 2022? <laughs> I, I have not seen that. Um, but what I because you know the, the, it just has to be ignored that it actually happened. It just needs to, for political reasons, we just have to pretend it didn't happen. I think it would have been very helpful to be honest and say that we had a recession, that we came out of it. Now we go into 2023. Maybe it's double dip and we have a second one, a mild one, as you just said. I think leaving out what really happened, not, not, I'm not saying it, not you, and I'm not saying financial markets and, and the people within the financial markets uh, are being intellectually dishonest. I just think it's incredible that it happened uh, and it's just ignored like it didn't. Um, I agree with you. I mean, it was, I think it was pretty. I think psychologically it affects recovery because if it never happened, then they're talking about it could, that it will likely happen in 2023. They're pretending it didn't happen in 2022. I know why they did it for the midterm election, but it's really, I mean, it's unprecedented that if you have two consecutive quarters and we had three, I know they revised one upward, but we had three consecutive quarters of negative GDP. How's that not a recession? Well, on July 29th, the, the definition of a, of a recession was uh, revised in Wikipedia. Correct. Correct. Well, that's amazing. All right. We don't and have time. Every- we, yeah, we don't have time for that. Um, but basically, and there aren't many things that you have such total agreement almost of. Almost everyone believes that there will be a recession in 2023, correct? They, yeah, Harry, this is pretty incredible. So economists have penciled in a recession in their forecast for next year. But the views that are out there vary with the timing and the severity of the, of the, um, of the recession. You know, what they do agree on is the Fed's interest rate policies are going to trigger this recession if we weren't there already. And it it was the central bank that did ride to the rescue, uh, you know, after the last two downturns. And, you know, Harry, this is what is just pretty, you know, awfully amazing that I find. You know, usually recessions sneak up on us. Um, Now it seems that CEOs are basically falling all over themselves you know, to say that we're falling into recession. Every person on TV says recession. Every economist says recession. But they didn't say it when we actually were in one and we had the data to show that we were. That That's the hilarity of this. It's, wow, stunning. Chuck, we're at the halftime break. Don't go away. Much more with the best in the business. Chuck Malamut, the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, 609-383-2010 to make an appointment with Chuck and the Malamut Group. And they will sit down with you and they will talk to you about their perfected concepts of total asset management coupled with the all-important asset allocation. Now, Chuck has always emphasized that 365, you know, every year for decades. Uh, but now more than ever, that's so important. 609-383-2010. When we come back, Chuck will review um, equities if he has further to say about that. Uh, then we'll move on to the um, Confidence Board of Consumer Confidence Survey. That's 
going to be interesting data. And of course, as Chuck calls it, one of the key rungs or in the in the stool, one of the legs in the stool, and that is uh, home sales. We'll continue with Chuck right after this. Don't go away. It's early in the morning because of you on South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley with a plethora of sightly uh, items. Oh, we were so busy uh, over the holiday writing for the app and for the website. Uh, the sad story about David Wigglesworth being shot and killed on Christmas. His wife is arrested and charged with his murder and housed in the Atlanta County Jail as we speak. Numerous articles about best casino restaurants, best non-casino restaurants, best chicken wings, best creme brulee, best hot dogs. The Van Drew article that we wrote this morning, a lot of content. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. The bitter cold is finally releasing its grip on New Jersey as temperatures finally climb above freezing and then into the 40s and then into the 50s by the end of the week. I'll give you a high of 36 today, early clouds, then sunshine. We're staying completely dry today. Mainly clear tonight, low 29, partly sunny and getting warmer tomorrow, high of 46. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. I didn't think it early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 35 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malama continues his discussion talking all about financial matters. I think you touched on equities earlier in your market update, but it is a standalone topic. Um, what can you say relative to equities? So, Harry, every week is, is, there's, a, there's a measurement tool that's out there that looks at inflows of outflow and inflows and outflows of equities and, and fixed income. And I think the one thing to note is that, um, you know, right after the Fed made their their most recent announcement. Equities uh, were sold off at a record pace and and withdrawn, and it was sort of a fitting end of the worst year that we've seen in in stocks, not only here domestically, but internationally since the uh, the 2008 financial crisis. You know, equity funds were hit by outflows of about $42 billion, Harry. Mm. And that's the highest ever in a week. And that was the week that the Fed, the European Central Bank, and the Bank of Japan all, you know, were basically banging the table saying, listen, we're going to be very hawkish in our policy outlooks as we get into next year. You know, uh, squashing the bets of of the pivot. And then ultimately, you know, the return to an error. You think about it, we had cheap money for such a long time. Um, so in, investors also pulled out of bonds and cash funds in that same week. And that was the week ending December 21st. But Harry, I think a little bit of good news, um, for the year equities still have net inflows of 166 billion. So investors haven't, you know, capitulated in its entirety and, uh, 
On the flip side, bond funds did record outflows, record outflows, Harry, of almost $260 billion. Um, and so, so the, the question at hand is because a lot of strategists are saying, including um, our guy Mike Wilson, that bonds will outperform stocks in 2023. So hmm. I think more to come on that. Very good. How about this um, conference board uh, of consumer confidence, the survey that they do for December? Yeah, so the the monthly survey from the of uh, the of the conference board consumer confidence survey for the month of December showed that consumers Harry are actually more confident um, in the current conditions and and the outlook for the next six months in the future. You know, the the uh, the December number was measured at one hundred eight point three. The November number was measured at one hundred one point four. Um, so, you know, labor markets remain tight, uh, and you know, only 12% of the respondents said that they thought jobs were hard to get. And, you know, that was, that exceeded expectations of all the economists that are, that are out there, Harry. So that's sort of a, you know, good news. Good. Um, something that I, I don't think that any of us uh, were expecting at this point in time. Yeah, you would assume with all the news that people would not be as uh, optimistic as that would indicate. I'll take that as a win. Uh, This, I'm afraid, is not going to be great news, even good news. Uh, Existing home sales, Chuck. Yeah, so Harry, um, U.S. existing home sales uh, were down 7.7% in the month of November. And that was below consumer consumers expect consensus expectations and and lower for the uh, the twelfth uh, I'm sorry the tenth consecutive month Harry and the eleventh drop in the in the past twelve months so that housing and I know we you guys have talked about it 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 just doesn't seem to be heading in the right direction especially with these. You know, with these higher mortgage rates that we're seeing, even though rates are down, you know, remember not too long ago they were in excess of seven. They're now, I think I saw the last couple of days, maybe it's six point four um, on the on the thirty year. Mm. Secure two point What's that? All right, so Harry, I don't. You know, we really haven't spent you know much time. Uh, about talking about secure two two yeah, and it, it cleared Congress as part of the uh, appropriations bill, and it's going to bring a lot of changes to the retirement systems here that we have in the U.S. Um, and the goal of secure two is to build upon changes that were implemented in the two thousand and nineteen Secure Act. Um, you know, and one of the, one of the changes back in 2019 was expanding the access to, you know, to more workers. Um, you know, and I'm going to try to summarize this, um, you know, to your listeners, but there's a lot of, a lot of information out there. And I think for the most part, it's, it's relatively good, believe it or not. So most 401k plans require, have what is now referred to as a, an automatic enrollment, um, not required, but suggested. 
what will be happening in Secure, in secure 2.0 is that automatic 401k enrollment will be required. Um, auto, employers will be required to automatically enroll employees at a rate of at least 3%, but less than 10. Those that are exempt are businesses with 10 or fewer workers and new companies in business for less than three years. Okay, they they do not have to put in the auto enrollment. Chuck, is this effective January first? Harry, I don't know the exact dates because I, you know, I'm thinking it might be retroactive to January one. You're assuming by the time they get all this in play, but it's it's going to be in 23. I'll I'll have to check on that. Okay. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking you're 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 correct with that. Now. One of the things that we did talk about, the required minimum distributions, or RMDs, it used to be when you were 70 and a half, you would have to start taking money from your retirement accounts. That, uh, over the last couple of years, increased to age 72. That's where we are currently. The, the current bill that just passed is going to increase the age from 72 to 73 in 2023. So if you you know, if you weren't taking distributions, you have another year. Um, and then, the, the, Harry, that's going to increase to age 75 in 2033. Now, 33 seems like a long time away. <clears throat> the, the, the good news with these RMDs, the way it used to work, if you did not take your RMD, if you forgot or your financial institution was not on top of it, the penalty that you would be paying would be 50% of what the required minimum distribution would be on that particular year. Where we are with this new bill is that that will, that 50% will decrease to 25% and in, in some extenuating circumstances could actually drop to to, uh, to 10%. Hmm. So I, I, again, I think that's, that's a positive. Something I also saw in this Secure Act 2.0, as you call it, I would say 2.0, would increase the age RMDs begin to 73 by 2022 that you mentioned to 74 by the year 2029 and 75 by the year 2032. So that's going to staircase up over the next decade. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Now, along with that, you know, if you're making a 401k contribution, you you have your traditional contribution or your Roth contribution, and you could do, if you're over 50, you can do what was referred to as a catch-up, which I just find kind of crazy, I guess, because that's to catch you up. (laughs) Now, under under current law, um, you can put an additional 6,500 into your 401k plan once you reach age 50. under Secure 2.0, it's going to increase the limit to ten thousand dollars, or, or you know, which is starting in 2025 for those that are ages 60 to 63. And again, this is going to be you know a fairly intense record-keeping function to keep track of. Um, you know, these catch-up amounts, Harry. Previously, uh, will, I'm sorry, the catch-up amounts will be indexed for inflation, and um, Additionally, these catch-up contributions are going to be subject to Roth treatment. In other words, not pre-tax, except for workers that earn 145000 or less. So that's, that's all good news. Um, 
The other the other item is that there's been a lot of discussion. We talk about this, you know, almost every time we're together. It's student loans. Let's hold that until we come back, Chuck. Forty five. It was a it was a follow up on the other point. I was going to let it roll. Forty five minutes past the hour. Let's get the break in right on time. He is Chuck Malamut. I am yours truly. Early in the morning. That is right. WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five FM and fourteen fifty AM. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. Chuck Malabot talking all about your financial matters. 49 minutes past the hour. Chuck, you were about to say about student loans. Yeah, so Harry, in this section, the Secure 2, I guess it's, I don't know if it's 2.0 or 2.0 or something. Either, either way, we're good. We got it covered. I'll call it 2.0. You call it 2.0, then we get it right, one of us. All right. So w- w- one of the other uh, changes is that in, in the employer match, 401k match options, uh, um, it, it'll be one of the proposals is going to make it easier for employers to make contributions to 401k plans on behalf of employees that are paying their student loans off instead of saving for retirement. So when I read that, I immediately thought, well, wait a minute. We're not, these students are not paying their loans back right now. They're not, at least not required to pay them back, correct? But they are, with what was released last time when this was extended, loans have to start to be paid back within two months of the Supreme Court decision or within two months of June 30th. So either way, they're going to start being paid back. Yeah, so I mean, this 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 change is basically basically forecasting that these loans are going to need to start being paid back. They will be, yeah. Um, you know, one of the other changes is, is be able to provide workers access to emergency savings. I mean, there's a couple of ways that you can currently get money. Uh, you take a loan, you can do a hardship withdrawal. It's very, very specific. The loan amount that you can take and the hardship is very specific, to, you know, uh, that the government says there's six or seven provisions that, you know, what a hardship is. But uh, one of the provisions here is going to allow employees to withdraw up to $1,000, Harry, from the retirement account uh, for emergency expenses without having to pay the typical 10% penalty tax for early withdrawal if they're under 59 and a half. Um, you know, companies could also allow workers to set up emergency savings accounts through automatic payroll deductions with a cap of $2,500. So, again, another I – mean, when these laws are put into play, I, I don't think they really uh, spend any time thinking about the administration of these particular plans. It's There's a lot of changes in Harry, which is yep. going to require – these 401k plan administrators to really be able to flip the switch and and make sure the plans are running effectively. Um, you know, a, a, again, it's, it, you know, workers are going to be assisted by their employers with respect to paying off these student loans. Um, you know, more to, more to come on that. And um, I don't know, Harry, how you're going to get this done, but there's a federal matching contribution for lower income retirement savers. Uh, that's in, that's in 2.0. Um, 
And then uh, last but not least, this, Harry, I think this is a great one here. You know, the 529 accounts that we've talked about, you know, what happens at the end where you can, you know, if you have money in your 529, you can pull it back. And if you do, you'll pay tax on the gross and a 10% penalty tax. You can uh, move it from uh, one sibling to another, from one blood relative to another. So what's going to be happening is that the provision is going to allow for tax and penalty-free rollovers to Roth IRAs from 529 college savings accounts. So that, you know, if you didn't use the money, you could roll it to a Roth. And those people were at least 15 years old. So I think that's, that's you know, a really great concept. Um, because you, you just don't want to leave you leave the money laying there to avoid paying taxes. I think these are good. I think I like a lot of it, um, even including it sounds crazy because I usually wouldn't be. I like that idea of the mandatory 401k participation. There are people that just – I don't know if it's uh, not knowing what it is – uh, if you tell someone, look, this is, these are pre-tax dollars, you would lose these. You know, take out if you don't do anything else, just take out exactly what you would lose. Then why wouldn't you do that? Then if you have a company that does matching, you know, you get that. But if you're not participating, you don't. Uh, now that would put you in the game just automatically. I like that. I think that's good. I, I agree, Harry, and I think that you know the four hundred one k plans that we that we are the financial. Advisor of and Harry, we we a little bit of an advertising. We right now um, are advisors for twenty plans throughout the country. Seventy uh, percent of those plans do have the automatic um, enrollment, auto enrolls is referred to, and the plan participation rate is in excess of eighty percent. Great, which is a really really encouraging number. That's a great number to see there. Now, for the ones that meet the, the requirements of being out three years, more than 10 employees, all these things you said that I don't remember every single one, but I remember most of what you said, uh, it, the participation rate will become 100%. Well, you oftentimes have in, at least currently, I, I'm thinking this might stay in place because I haven't seen it. Once you are automatically enrolled, you do have at least currently the option to opt to opt out okay i got within a 30 or 60 day period i would imagine that that option will still be in place i'm not sure about that harry and then you have i mean i just it's it's not even worth wasting time on your show but you have to wonder because people just had their own you know quirky ways of processing things who wouldn't want to be in it i mean there there's no downside well for those that you know, live, you have a very, very tight budget, uh, do not have, you know, at the end of the day, disposable income and say, I can't take another 3% out of my pay. But you, but can't, it's pre-tax though. Can't you take out what would not affect your net at all? You just calculate it. Well, it's going to, it will, it will impact your net to a certain degree, not a lot, but, you know, think about if you're, if you're living, if you're living from check to check, yep. and all of a sudden your check is lower, and it will be lower. Okay. Not substantially, but it will be lower. 
then you know you're getting squeezed, okay, and then I you're saying you. I can't I can't afford to do this. So it's I think Harris, we really I mean I, I know that this this new spending bill there's there's a lot of fat built into it. Um, I'm sure you've spent a fair amount of time chatting about it. Yep. If not, you'll con- you know if you haven't, you'll continue to do so. Um, this was, I think, one of the better items you know, in this appropriations bill. Yeah, sounds uh, good. Secure 2.0. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's For revisit sure. when it goes into effect down the road. Not today. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like yep. to do that. Sure. Um, exports are on the decline in South Korea. Why is that, Chuck? So let's go look at the other part of the world here for a minute, Harry, because we, we just focus so much on what's happening here in the U.S. So we're seeing in South Korea exports were down about almost 9% for the first 20 days in the month of December. So that is pretty much an indicator that the global demand that we see remains sluggish as we get to the end of this year. You know, in November, Harry, Taiwan also saw a sharp decline in exports. Now, with that being said, and you mentioned it in the last hour about China and and, and oil and the consumption, um, you know, China is in a pickle here, Harry. They are, you know, they are trying in the worst way to get their economy back on track. I, Chuck, I think half their country has COVID right now. Has it? Well, you know, yeah. I, I mean, Harry, there was um, uh, a week ago Friday, Chinese health authorities estimated as many as 37 million people contracted the virus on December the 20th all to itself. Wow. Um, so, so what the Chinese authorities are trying to do here, Harry, as they get into 2023 they're going to prioritize economic growth and help stabilize the property sector. I mean, if you remember, you know, the property values, you know, have taken a significant hit in China. Um, it, it, you know, the state you know, council, which is China's cabinet, is going to support major construction projects. Um, not, you know, not only, you know, public, but private firms as well. Uh, the People's Bank of China, it's going to support a recovery in the consumption uh, as Just well. letting you know, quick uh, time check, 30 seconds, closing comment. Okay. And then the rise of COVID, as you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, anybody's guess as to, where, as to where they go from there. Wow, what a year, right, Chuck? So Harry, with, Harry, yeah, I mean, I'll be, you know, I think we'll all be glad to close the books on 22. Um, I'm hoping that 23 will be a better, a better time in front of us. We'll uh, pick it up and reconvene. As we get into 2023, you See, have a wonderful New Year, Harry. You to too, you, man. Margie, ha- your children, and uh, you, all your listeners. Okay. Happy New Year to you, Chuck. For all of your financial planning needs, 609 383 2010. Chuck Malamut, the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program. Bob Progner, we're going we're to talk Eagles football next, then some open forum before the end of the hour. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground. 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you so very much. Welcome back. Six, almost seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. And uh, welcome back. We are live. We are local. And this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. Let me update my sheet because I always wait until the nine o'clock hour, usually on Monday. Today we're doing it on Tuesday. So I go to our sheet and I put down 4034 loss. And I hate to say it, but... uh, Oh no no no! I didn't. I picked Philadelphia. I thought I thought in our pre-season um, picks that I had picked Dallas to um, to win this one. Let's see. I must have picked Dallas. No, I picked Dallas to lose both. In any event, um, Philadelphia loses. The Eagles. It was funny. I, I was listening to the announcer. I know he was saying Phillies, but if you say that it's sort of a contraction, that maybe he just meant Phillies defense. But it sounded like he was mixing up the uh, – I don't like that guy, Greg Olson. Uh, he's just not my my cup of tea. Uh, Eagles lose, and they lose big in a sense because the loss of Lane Johnson for whatever time this will be, they say for the season, uh, still, I guess, undecided is at any time during the playoffs. But this is an abdominal and groin injury – uh, anybody knows anything about abdominal injuries? They're really that anything that's in the core, very slow go. Even young and healthy, it's it's one of those ones because you you really can't immobilize it because you can't become a mummy, you can't become a statue. You move and you're constantly uh, reaggravating it, even though you try not to. I don't even know. He might be sleeping in a chair. He might not even be sleeping in a bed. It's very tough, very tough injury. They make these chairs. Tom Foley will tell you about it. You um, you lean forward sort of in them. Uh, they're sleeping chairs for when you either have a neck or certain kind of injuries and you can't uh, lay down either on your back, on your stomach or on your side. So the Eagles lose this game 40 to 34, four turnovers. Uh, really the story, they could have they could have sustained three of them. And they would have won the game, and they almost, with a final drive, pulled out a 41-40 win. I, I, I thought there was a reasonable chance they were going to do it. I did not like the third and fourth down calls uh, that ended the game. I would, I know that the time was their enemy, and they had to take, they had to blow the one time out to not have the 10 second runoff. That was that was unfortunate because that limits your play selection. Because when you have a timeout, the whole field is open. When you don't. You sort of telegraph to your opponent that you're going to be going either down the left or the right side. So I think that hurt a bit. Some self-inflicted things here. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I think, got um, sort of a bad rap. Uh, I don't think there – I've looked at this handoff to Sanders, and I just I, – I don't necessarily blame Minshew for that at all. Sanders just didn't put it away. Uh, I think that's on him. And the interception uh, – it just looked to me like the Dallas uh, defender wanted it more. That was a tie, you know, jump ball catch. They each had it. 
and the Dallas player ripped it away from the Eagles player. Then you had the fumble, and Dallas was right on it. I mean, just a lot of things went Dallas's way, uh, or even with a backup, and even with most of the four turnovers, the Eagles would have pulled it out. Uh, now, Bob is on top of a lot of these things. We'll see if he knows differently than I. Chuck Malamut, um, no, no, it was Kirk. Kirk said he hears, Now I think Chuck said it to me off air, come to think of it as well. Uh, evidently, and this is news to me, because what I'm reading is second degree type sprain, and it's a t- very technical shoulder injury. It's not your um, your typical shoulder injury that you hear about. It's, it's, it's a more rare shoulder injury. And they haven't released what degree, but according to some of the things I've been reading, the guesstimate out there is that it's a sort of a second degree. You have first, second, and, and beyond. So he's sort of in the middle in terms of the injury. But according to Kirk, according to Chuck, and I'm going to look further into it, we'll see what Bob knows. We're bringing him on right now. Uh, evidently, they're, they're, they're saying they're going to play Hurts this um, New Year's Day at home against New Orleans. Bob, what are you hearing? Harry, I, I don't have any any further information at all about Hurts. Uh, look, if they do play him this, this coming weekend, the good news is he can rest for almost three weeks. Yeah, you know, that's the great news. You and know, they, and they got to do something with him because you don't want him not playing for a month, and then you throw him back out there. I think that would be terrible. And, yeah, and I I agree, and 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 the. The, the key is, too, look, the Giants are going to be looking for revenge in that last game, one. Two, they're going to be pro- probably fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, do you really want that to be your must-win game where you bring Hurts back? And, and, you know, the Eagles embarrassed the Giants last time they played. So I'd rather go for the win to close it out at with New Orleans, finish it, you know, home field advantage through the playoffs. Give these players a chance to 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 get healthy again. Because you, you know, you said it with Lane Johnson. He's there, and he he is close to being as important as Jalen Hurts is to that offense. You, you're more on top of this than I am. I know it's abdominal and groin. I know he's out at least for the rest of the regular season. What are his prospects going into the playoffs? Because if, right now. He would have, um, let's see, three weeks off uh, prior to the playoff game. Yeah, he he he. It'd be almost twenty-eight days. So uh, there you go. It, you're right about that because you get the ones in the lead up. You don't play, and then you get a buy, and you don't play for another seven days after that. So you're right. It's it's almost a month that he will be off. It, are there um, happy thoughts that he might be able to play in the playoffs? See, Harry, you know, look, the Eagles are very close. You know, they, they do not disseminate injury information for, for tactical, strategic advan- advantage. So we don't really know exactly. Is it a sports hernia? Is it one of these things where it, it, it I don't think it is because, you know, what, what's the point of delaying surgery and, and ending his season for good? Yeah. Apparently it's not that bad. That's but good. But you know, as you said, as you said, though, 
you know, and again, he's he's not a wide receiver. He's not a, a, you know what we call a skill position player, where where you know you 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 you, know, you, you need all that flexibility. I mean, yeah, you, you still need to be you know healthy to play, of course. Yeah. Look, he's the best. He's the best offensive lineman in football, bar none. Yep. Nobody's agreed. better than Lane Johnson. Agreed. I mean, when when Micah when Micah Parsons goes against Lane Johnson. He neutralizes the the best game wrecker in football. You know, give Dallas their due. They've had some great drafts, and 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 Parsons is an absolute game wrecker. But you know what? He's just a a good player when he goes up against Lane Johnson. Lane Bob, Johnson. Bob, what do you think happened to the Eagles' defense? I mean, they put thirty four points on the board. In fairness, the offense didn't really miss a beat. The four turnovers, and especially the last two. I mean, just just terrible. I mean, changed changed the entire game. It's twenty seven seventeen. Eagles are in control of the game with Minshew at quarterback, and I was feeling pretty good. I, I said to our company, one stop, and then drop the hammer with another score, and this game is over. Eagles would have clinched the um, the best record in the conference, the first round by the obviously win the division, and then you don't even have to worry about rushing hurts back i mean such an opportunity here uh let me read something into you that comes from i like to sometimes go to the betting sites for the information because obviously who's more on top of it than i mean let's put it this way jalen hurts was a strong favorite to be the mvp within an hour after his injury became known or less Mahomes is now the favorite to be the MVP. So these betting lines, companies, DraftKings and such, they're on top of this stuff. Here's what DraftKings in analysis that, analysis that they go after. They go to people like the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, people like that. You know. You know these guys, Bob. You follow all of this. And if you're just joining us, visiting with Bob Progner on the Eagles, I'll throw this out. We'll go to the break. We'll get your comment, Bob, right after the break. Uh Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts is going to push to play in Week 17 versus the New Orleans Saints per NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Yeah, well, Jalen Hurts was pushing to play in the game against Dallas. I don't think it matters what he's pushing towards. It's what the team will allow, I would think. So they go on. The Eagles are coming off of a 40-34 to loss to Dallas in Week 16. It gives the Cowboys an outside shot of winning the division and clinching the number one overall seed. I don't think that's going to happen. Philly will try to get Hurts back so the team can clinch the top seed in the NFC with a win. Now, they talk about Minshew, 24 for 40, 335 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I, I Both of them were really not poorly thrown balls. So that, that tail, you know, of the that, that, that sign right there of what occurred in just the stats doesn't tell the tale of the story it's deceiving and then of course the fumble uh and i guess there was a second fumble so they go into some of the game that i don't need to bore you with it's saying can the eagles get by with Minshew at quarterback in week 17 versus the saints absolutely the offense didn't miss a beat while the turnovers were backbreaking. Uh, and I do want to talk to you about what happened to the defense. I know that Maddox got hurt as well, but they, I mean, third and 30? Bob, I think if they don't give up that third and 30 first down, 
Eagles win the game. So I want to get your take when we come back. You know, what the heck happened here? We'll be back in just a few minutes with Bob Progner. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. What did it used to be with Tyree and the helmet hat, the helmet uh, catch, fourth and 28? Third, or what was it, Freddie Mitchell, the people's champ? He used to do the WWF belt around his waist. He'd make a reception. They called him the people's champ. He was fourth and 28, I think, with Randall Cunningham, if I remember. Maybe McNabb. Uh, But what happened, Bob? What happened to the defense? 40 points. It wasn't, you know, it just, I I left that game saying this loss wasn't necessary. It was totally preventable. We'll be back. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Quick break. We are back 21 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover sent in something that was encouraging. I'll bounce this off of uh, Bob Progner. Let me just go to it because I've had a few things bouncing in on top of things. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is, is eligible to come off of the injured list. So that's good news. Is he going to be ready to play, though? So well, I mean, he, yeah. he's it's four games, so so hopefully he's ready to play because few things happened to the defense there. Gannon, the uh, defensive coordinator, has had a great season. It's been really good. This was not a good game for him, though. Uh, the 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 cornerbacks were playing way too soft. I know, especially the, the how how did they not get a guy in front and a guy behind on third and thirty? How how can you just in the NFL? That's that's a holy sin. I mean, you just can't you can't allow that to happen. Well, what what happened here, Harry, is one Prescott was killing him on three step drops, intermediate routes for way open. Now third and thirty was Maddox's replacement, Josiah Scott. They were picking on him all yeah, night long. I know, but he was he was way late, way way late coming to that. That ball was up in the air forever. I know, and. And and you know, you, you if anything, it should have been intercepted. But the better thing would have just been to drop it, knock it down, because uh, there's no way they you know they did it the one time, but they weren't going to go for that on fourth and thirty. Also, Kirk wrote in that Sirianni has said that Lane, we know this, uh, and Maddox, we suspected this to miss quote some time. So that's not good. No, no, because Maddox good. is no. awesome. And, and- and and Maddox, you know, see, he he's just not a big guy. And and I saw was, the play; he made a great play, and I saw him limp off. And I thought, oh my gosh, this doesn't look good. So it's some kind of ter- some kind of toe injury, which you know it could be. You know, they're not always minor. It could be this Liz Frank type injury, which you're you're out for a year. Yeah, yeah. Ask DJ Lemayhew. They still don't know if he's going to be ready for this season. Those injuries yeah. are terrible. And, of course, I went baseball on you. For those who don't know, D.J. LeMahieu is just a an incredible 
multifaceted player and a great hitter for the New York Yankees. He can play first base. He can play second base. He can play third base. Uh, he's he's amazing. And he's got this um, toe injury that uh, knocked him out for the last third of the season and the playoffs. And they don't know if he's going to be ready for this year. So you're, you're absolutely right about that. Um, I can't find anything except as recent as one day ago on whether Hertz will play or not. I'm leaning towards they're not going to play him. Well, you know, he's got to get, you know, it's all the doctors. It's really what the doctors, you know, they've got to clear him to play, number one. Okay. Now, strategically, what do you do? Do you, they have a better chance of winning, of course, with Hertz in there. Uh, you know, what, what, you know, again, it, it's they have to win one one of these games, Harry. No, no doubt about it. If, if they don't, it's one of the biggest collapses ever. I mean, you think about oh, it. Oh, it would be terrible because if they don't, if they lose all three and they've already lost one, so if they lose the next two, Minnesota or Dallas is, I think, going to get them. Uh, and that would be, after this season, you know, having been 13-1, that would be, that'd be a lot to take. Uh, I... I I see them pulling out the um, the New Orleans game at home, whether it's Minshew or it's Hurts. I just I don't I don't see us losing to them, Harry. What the Dallas game proved, and even the Washington game proved, is is that the Eagles are the best team. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous. Two losses. The Eagles are the best team in football. They have the best roster in football. And they, you said the Washington. You meant the uh, Indianapolis. No, I'm talking about the, the, the Washington game. You know, the Eagles lost the Washington game. No, right, they the lost. Commanders beat. I, thought, I thought they lost. Hold on a second. Hold on. Why did I think they lost to Indianapolis? Washington. No, they, 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 they beat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They point. came back 17-16. Correct. And, and Washington hasn't looked good ever since. I mean, it was just like well, a, flu- the, the, a fluke loss. It's a shame. That's, that's a garbage loss that would have made the loss to Dallas not even matter uh, yesterday. They would have been... Well, look, Harry, the, the Eagles were, were minus two in turnovers against Washington. They were minus three against Dallas. And look, look, luck has something to do with this, right? Uh, it looked like number 72, just before the third and 30 play, I think... Uh, Reddick, you know, who's having a phenomenal year, he he forced a fumble on Dak Prescott, right? It was a strip sack. And number 72 had the ball, Joseph, our tackle, had the ball in his hands, and somehow he let a Dallas player rip it out of his hands while they were all piled up. I know. Right? If he recovers that fumble, game's over, too. Uh, Stop him on, on third and 30. The game's over also. Uh, you know, and and even Miles Sanders' fumble there toward the end, right? That was the killer. Yeah, uh, Driscoll, our, our replacement for Lane Johnson, Driscoll looked like he had the ball, I know. and then he, he didn't. Right? I know. I know. So you know, and, and and Dallas, Dallas, I think fumbled twice, but they recovered their own fumbles. So you know, it, it's it, look, you know. Hopefully we get Johnson. If we get Lane Johnson back, we're still the best team in football. Even if Maddox doesn't play, we're still the best team in football. So, uh, you know, again, 
barring injuries, you know, I, I really think this team's going to go a long way. Now, San Francisco is going to be a tough game, uh, even in Philadelphia. Uh, they just, the Eagles just need to win one more game. I think they can do it. It's just, where, where do you focus your strong point? Do you focus it on New Orleans or do you focus it on the Giants? I think you focus it on New Orleans. I do. If, if Hertz is, 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 you know, I, 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 Bob, I totally agree with that observation. Uh, the Giants are a better team. Giants are still playing to get into the playoffs. New Orleans is done. They're out of it. Home game. Uh, Giants will be a home game, too. But I agree with you. you. This is the one you drop the hammer on New Year's Day. You got to you got to get it done. You can't let this turn into some white knuckle, you know, horror show. And we know how some of these uh, Eagles Giants games, you know, can 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 go. It could go bad. So I agree. Nail it with New Orleans, and and then that's that. And then then it's get healthy for the playoffs. And you know, the, and the other factor is if if you put all your eggs in the last game, then you have less time to to recover from from injuries too. You're going to play all your starters. You, you're going to put. You know, you're gonna you're not gonna hold anybody back. They beat New Orleans, then they've got almost three weeks to heal up and get ready for, for that big first playoff game. So yeah, the focus I think should be on New Orleans. Agreed. That's During it. the break, if you can hang out, if you wanna hang out, uh stay with me. If you gotta go, you just go. Uh Bob Progner has been our guest already at halftime, just about we have the bonus minutes until kill me, but just about at halftime. And I'm going to look up the prognosis of Lane Johnson. And I'm going to look up this injury, too, to see what the um, if there is such a thing as, as a typical type of recovery time. I know it's abdominal, but then as of yesterday late, I heard abdominal groin. So it adds a second injury uh, to it. Sort of like when they said that Carson Wentz had one knee injury. Then it turned out not only did he have two he had three. I almost never heard of that in my life. He had the anterior cruciate ligament. So he had the ACL. He had the media uh, collateral ligament, MCL. And then there's this other freaky thing that's very unusual. He had that on top of it. And he was the MVP leading candidate at the time. Eagles had the best, sound a little familiar, doesn't it? Best record in the NFL at the time. And his career has never been the same since. I don't suspect that with um, with Jalen Hurts. This is not not a career ender at all. Uh, but I'm going to check the, um, the 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 prognosis for Lane Johnson during the break. We'll be back. It's uh, 31 minutes past the hour. This is. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity, thank you. 33 minutes past the hour. We continue with Bob, and we're talking Eagles football. And here's what I found uh, during the break. Lane Johnson is not expected to be healthy for the Eagles' final two regular season games against New Orleans and the New York Giants due to a torn tendon in the abdominal area. That's per Adam Schefter. However, if all goes well, this this is eight, this is 16 hours old, this comment. 
However, if all goes well in Johnson's recovery, the Eagles remain hopeful that he could be fit enough to suit up for their playoff run. Let me see if there was one other report that caught my eye. Let's see. Yeah, there's that headline uh, that Johnson and Maddox, Johnson abdominal, Maddox toe, both to miss, quote, a little bit of time. Let's see. Hold on. Lane Johnson sustained an abdominal injury. According to league sources, Johnson is expected to be sidelined for the remainder of the regular season, although the team is hopeful he returns for the playoffs. Well, Sirianni says they'll miss a little bit of time. We're still evaluating through everything, but we'll never put a timetable on anybody. It's early on in the process here with these guys, so we want to get some information back. But it's kind of looking that way, meaning that they're going to miss a little bit of time at least. Um, Until we know differently, Bob, I'm quasi-optimistic that uh, Johnson will be back for the playoffs. Yeah, it, it sounds sounds encouraging, Harry. It, yeah. it does. You know, he uh, he's had a history of being a quick healer too. This is this is why they say also groin area injury uh, because when he left, but what they don't realize is when you have an injury like this, you've got to wrap it. You wrap it around the groin area because it just you, you have to support the um, the abdominal area where your core is just always trying to move. So I've seen this how a trainer or a doctor would wrap that so i i don't see any evidence that there is a groin injury it is a torn tendon in his abdominal area and that's according to the nfl a league source uh so that's good the the thing where it was abdominal and a groin injury and, and anybody's ever had a groin pull uh it's incredible how slow they are to heal because you're always re-injuring I mean, every move he would make, uh, he would re-injure it. So that's actually a real plus that it's not a double double whammy there. But when he left with the medical bandage around his waist and the groin area, uh, that's when all the other um, you know rumors started. So additional tests, I'm just reading additional tests are going to be done. Um, such a shame. Dallas Goddard said he's just so dialed in right now. Anytime he get anytime he gets his hands on somebody, it's game over. Uh, that's um, supportive of what you said about Lane Johnson, Bob. No, no, I mean that 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 offensive line is far. I mean, by far the best best offensive line of football, and he's their their best lineman. So, hey, know. Bob, let's go non Eagles for a moment because I like this guy. I liked him when he was at Alabama. Tua is in concussion protocol. Again, I think his career is in jeopardy. I think he's been mishandled by Miami. Obviously, the last time they fired the one doctor and some other people got fired. Uh, you know, this reminds me a little bit, but much earlier in his career to Steve Young. You you start getting these repetitive concussions. And uh, I, I think his, I'll re- be repetitive. I think his career is in jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, Harry, that's, you know, football is such a tough, tough game. I mean, uh, 
you worry about his his long term viability. That, that's for sure. I you mean, know, you never know with people. Some people can take it more than others. Some people, it's a weak spot. He is a smaller quarterback, uh, and you know, but he's had his bell rung way too many times. I I, I think that his whole um, career, they got to take a look at you know long term. Uh, I would think he would be doubtful for this coming week. He can't. He can't play after this. Maybe he's. Maybe he's out for the rest of the regular season. Yeah, I, I, and I don't. I don't. I'm not even sure Miami has clinched a playoff spot. They have not clinched really a playoff have, spot, but they're in. Let me go to it real quick. I think they're they're either in one right now or they're right there in the hunt. Give me one second. <laughs> I had it on my screen, but then I went and did searches for um the condition of both Hertz and and Johnson uh let's see bum, bum, bum. that is true Kirk just wrote in that Dallas and Eagles both have a win against each other with their teams having a backup quarterback uh that's a very that's good point right. very right. good point yep. Kirk yep. uh let's see Miami is eight and seven, and they have not clinched a playoff spot yet. New England's still in it at seven and eight. The Jets are still in it at seven and eight. Pittsburgh's still in it at seven and eight. Tennessee is still in it at seven and eight. Let me expand it to the playoff. So, Give me one so, sec. Give me one sec. Okay. Yeah, ahead. right now Miami is in the seventh place with the win yesterday. Chargers are nine and six, so they're they clinched. They're the sixth seed. Um, yeah, Miami still has work to do. So, and they're going to have to do it with a backup. So, Who's their backup? So, I I don't know. Harry. I don't either. I, I really don't know. It used to be but, Tannehill. But, you know, one question I have, and I think you've answered this: that Jacksonville now is leading the the AFC South. Is is that correct? No. Well, wait a minute. Yes. No. Wait. 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 Well, hold they on. You are. Hold on. Give me a second. I got to reduce this. Back to regular season. Yeah. That is correct. Jacksonville on a tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big win he had against uh, Dallas. Now, that's that's a dangerous team. And, and, you know, you probably don't remember this, but when the Eagles played Jacksonville, that was a tough game. And and when we, we got together, I predicted they would win the AFC South. Now, I didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, they, 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 you know, yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen. Like midway through the season, the Eagles played them early. Yeah, it was the fourth game of the season, and the Eagles beat them on October second, thirty-nine to thirty-one. And yeah, I, re- I do game. remember that game. Uh-huh. It was a very close game, even closer yeah. than the score, uh, which is only eight points—a touchdown yeah. and a two-point conversion. So yes, uh, by tiebreaker, uh, they do lead the AFC South. Yeah. Tennessee has the same record, but. You have um, the conference with um, yeah. Jacksonville at six and four. Tennessee is at five and six. I think they play again, don't they? Because everybody's playing within the division. Let me see something. Uh, let me go. No, ahead. I think I think Jacksonville is. Uh, they have at least one, but I think they have two wins over Tennessee. I'm not all right. So 100%. then. So then, then I'm then, not 100 percent on it. Then Tennessee would, if that's true, Tennessee would then have to pick up a full game. Uh, Jacksonville has it right in their hands to be able to do it. 
Interesting. Tennessee's got the tiebreaker. I, I know that. I mean, but, uh, uh, you know, one point I, I want to make, and I don't know if you want to go to a, a break or anything, but it's the luck of the Eagles. And uh, if you want, I can, I, I do want to elaborate on that. But then let's do it. Let's do it after luck. the break. We'll go to the break now, and then we won't be. Um, compressed by any means because we'll be uninterrupted until the end of the program 42 minutes past the hour with bob progner we're talking eagles football uh usually this would be monday after the game of course if they play on a monday night that that always um makes it interesting just like the monday holiday eagles on uh christmas eve just a just a game that they uh they had it they really did they had it I mean, 27-17, backup quarterback was fine. You look at the statistics, and they'll tell you he was a disaster with two interceptions, and and some blame him for the handoff. I really don't. I just think that um, Sanders just bobbled it and didn't put it away and got away. You know, it happens. And that's your game right there. The Eagles could have sustained three turnovers, not four. Back in a moment. Don't go with Bob. This is early in the morning. That's right. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men with matters like these for 30 years. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Philadelphia area attorneys. Offices in Philadelphia, Radnor, and Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Michelle Ferrari, license. Licensed in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Online at CordellCordell.com. America's kids are at risk. Parents can't control their education. And states are taking over health decisions, even letting children decide their gender. Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax all this holiday week, and he's warning about the dangers to our kids with the woke agenda. Tune in tonight for Rob Schmidt and his series, Kids at Risk. You'll be shocked. This holiday week, check out Newsmax and Rob Schmidt. Make the switch to Newsmax. You won't look back. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. It's 46 minutes past the hour. This portion of Hurley in the Morning is also brought to us by Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals. Uh, and you know by now, I've been, I've been, I've been coaching, I've been cajoling, and I've been asking you to make sure that before we got to freezing cold stuff, uh, and we hit it, we hit it big time. Uh, so you know now if your system is able to keep up or if your home has been cold. Uh, call my friends at Ambient Comfort; they do a great job. They'll come in. They're experts. They they really they know all the different systems. It doesn't matter if they did not install your system. They can work on it. They are skilled technicians. They're prepared to get you through the winter, regardless of who originally installed your system. So don't be left out in the cold. Do as I do, not as I say, as I do. Choose ambient comfort. And you can reach them either on the web at ambient comfortnj.com that's ambient comfortnj.com or call 
609-568-0955. Tell them that Hurley in the Morning sent you. Also, Kirk has been uh, just a uh, treasure trove of uh, knowledge, information, and assistance this hour with Bob. Teddy Bridgewater is the Miami Dolphins' backup quarterback. He's no joke. He can get it done. Just throwing that out there, Bob. I know it's not Eagles. I was mentioning that Kirk shared that uh, Teddy Bridgewater is the backup to Tua. He can get it done. He can play. He's a good backup quarterback. Yeah, no, agreed. No doubt about it. Uh, the 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 Eagles. You know, Minshew is is an absolute excellent backup quarterback. The Eagles are probably going to lose him this year. Yeah, I can't remember if it was Chuck or or Kirk that told me this because um, I talked to both of them within a short period of time this morning. Uh, Jacksonville was very upset when they got rid of Minshew. He was extremely popular there and, and a good starter. So yeah, here's the thing though. I hope they don't lose him, though. In in the NFL, you have to have a great backup. So if they, if they let Minshew get away, and obviously there's going to be teams interested in him, who do, who do you get? You, I mean, Hertz is down now. Hertz, hurt, you know, Hearns is hurt. If you remember the uh, the uh, Howard Cosell call against uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Hearns is hurt. Hearns is ready to go. Uh, Hertz is hurt, and may and maybe he's hurt for a couple of weeks. We don't even know. So you got to have a good backup. I know you're going to you're going to talk about uh, the Eagles' luck, but comment on that. Uh, that, that that's not a worry for right this minute, but that's something they got to they got to take care of that. No, they're, they're going to lose Minshew because Minshew wants wants a chance to start somewhere. He, right. he cannot start. No, he cannot start here next year with, with Jalen Hurts. He, he's not. He wants a chance to start. Okay. So he, I can appreciate that. But almost every team has a backup who, I mean, you look at, um, my gosh, who were they pulling off? D- does does one team that played last night have Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz? And who was the third one? I mean, no, 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 Harry. Yeah. The, the, the Eagles should. Now, I think they can get him. I think he's just on a one-year deal. They get the hero back as a backup, Nick Foles. <laughs> and Nick Foles is the third guy. They got they got all three of those guys. Oh, look, I, I would love to see, and I don't think it would create any quarterback controversy. Jalen Hurts is the starter. Uh, Nick Foles would be a great backup for the Eagles. You you bring Nick Foles back. That's and, it. And, you know, he, he's the hero. I mean, uh, we, we, you know, we, there's no no doubt about it. I remember in 2017, I remember this segment. I was the only one. The season was over. I said, why is the season over? Why can't Nick Foles? I remember that vividly like it happened yesterday. Uh, and and he did it. I mean, it was amazing. And I really don't think Carson Wentz was going to win the Super Bowl. I think things happen the way that they're supposed to. And it was amazing. All right, Bob, time is yours. And we've got plenty of it. We're at 51 minutes past the hour. You want to talk about the Eagles' luck, right? And and the 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 luck factor, and the luck factor is, is this here. Think about it. If, if what had what the Eagles organization wanted to happen, what their intentions were versus what happened, all right? Carson Wentz was they wanted him to stay in Philadelphia and pay him that huge contract. 
They even fired Doug Peterson to get him to stay in Philadelphia. They drafted Jalen Hurts as Wentz's backup. The plan was never, ever for Hurts to be the starter with Carson Wentz around. That's correct. That's that's a huge factor there. That is and, of huge. course, Hurts was not nearly the player, as we have regaled many times this entire season, his improvement from last year to this year is at a level that I don't, I, I've never seen in the NFL for any position. So if he, he if he was that Jalen Hurts, it would be if he was this Jalen Hurts, then it would be a different story. But he was strictly a backup, and I think there were there was a belief of his limitations. Uh, that he was never going to be able to read the way he does. I mean, he makes Jalen Hurts, as great as he is, I think he's still underrated how smart he is out there with the reads that he does, how he can how he can look and then look off and, and look again and get to third options. I mean, really, really rare stuff that most quarterbacks can't do. And, of course, he's got legs, you know, that, that just don't quit. So... Uh, yeah, he he um, he improved a lot. It would be a flippy do now. You'd have Foles as the backup, and and well, it would put Foles back to the future where he was. Foles was the backup to Wentz. Now he would be the backup to Hertz. So Harry, there, there's more to the luck factor though here. Yeah, keep there's going. more to it than just that. Okay, yeah, so we, we've got the Eagles clearly, clearly. They wanted Wentz to stay. They even fired their, their, their Super Bowl winning coach. One, two. Last year, I think I've got the timing correct. They wanted to pay Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson anything they wanted, right? And and give up a load of draft picks to be their quarterback. Both those players are, are terrible now. Now let me ask you a question. Because how do you get so bad from last year in Seattle to this year in Denver? Could it be – I like how things turned out. Don't get me wrong. This is just because it's fun to talk about it. Uh, I think that Russell Wilson could play within this Eagle system phenomenally well. Oh, probably, Harry. But, but look, look, look what, what, what uh, Denver gave up. I know. Uh, you know, uh, Seattle's going to have a top four or, or top three draft pick. All right, all right, and 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 I don't I don't know what else they and they're paying him a boatload of money. So all these great free agent signings the Eagles had this year, uh, you know, all the draft picks they're going to have that they had this year and next year. A lot of this, I mean, all this is attributable to to them looking out with Jalen Hurts. I mean, who would have thought it? And now the the final piece of luck is the head coach. Sirianni was option number three or four. And I I never believed in him. I thought it was a huge mistake. I couldn't believe it. I'm thinking, how can they, the vaunted, you know, history of this team and the, the whole you know, uh, era uh, of of this owner. How could he pick this guy? And I remember you and Charles were more bullish on this. I was more bullish on Hertz than you guys were. I was more bullish on Foles than you guys were. You guys were more bullish on Sirianni. 
than I was. I couldn't remember his name for almost the entire season. I couldn't even remember his name. And now I don't forget it. He is great. No, he, he's done a, you know, he's done wonderful. You know, the whole coaching staff has done a great job this year. But, but you know, again, the the the, the, the Eagles' first and second choices—I don't remember their names, but I think they've both been fired. Yeah, right. Since since Sirianni was was hired, so you know, it, it's it's just you know that's the way life is. Sometimes, huh? You know, you're you're what what you want isn't always what's best for you. You know, it's just it. The, the the luck factor, you know. Well, remember, I mean, Hertz was in a competition to see if he, you know, who would be the starter. Uh, I think there was a belief that there was going to have to be another competition who would be the starter this year, and Hertz just made, you know, strides that you rarely see year over year. I mean, just incredible. Well, you know, the I, I think I told you this before. I, I have a friend here in Florida who who met the Hertz family when when Jalen Hurts was at, at Alabama. Uh, this this fella knows Saban real well, and he told me he said, you know, Hertz is going to be a an absolute, you know, all pro quarterback. And I said, you're, you're, I told this guy, you're crazy. I mean, he's you know, he's should have been drafted in the third or fourth round. And boy, this guy was right. He said, you know, the, the character, you know, what he mentioned, he just said, this is a really good family. Uh, they are really good people. And you can tell, boy, you, you can know. just tell, you know, I never liked um, the way that Saban treated Jalen Hurts. Uh, obviously, Tua was incredibly successful uh, following the switch that that uh, that Saban did. For those who don't know, Jalen Hurts yeah. was the starter yeah. at Alabama. Uh Saban really inexplicably, there was no evidence really. Maybe he knew it from practice or whatever, or his system and what he wanted. Uh, but I was in just great disagreement with when he well, just with how he treated him. Then Hertz went to Oklahoma. Yeah. Now, do you remember? Do you remember how that that switch occurred, Harry? I don't remember. I, I from my um, vague recollection of it is that it was a shocker. That that had happened, and Hertz was in disbelief that he had been uh, replaced as starter. It, it it occurred at halftime in a, in a national championship game. Oh yeah, no, Alabama no, yeah. was getting buried. Hertz had a really bad first half. Alabama was getting buried, and and Tua came on and, and salvaged the victory for him. Oh, so there that, you go. That's how it happened, and that earns you the um, the permanency of it. It's amazing. You know, one half of football when you do it at the right time. Uh, so there you go. Uh, but then Hertz had success at Oklahoma. And, and of course, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. I think in terms of where he's at, and I, I'm losing track. Is this his sophomore season or is it just his sophomore season as a starter? Did he have one more year? It's his soft, sophomore season. This I mean, is third year. Yeah. This is year number three. Yeah. So he's. Junior, junior year, yeah, yeah. but know. second year yeah. as a starter, and but the improvement second year from yeah. last year to yeah. this year is, yeah. I can't think of an occasion, any position, where someone has gone from where they were a year ago. I mean, if you think about it, it was a little bit inexplicable. The the game where he got hurt, he did have two interceptions. I think he doesn't throw interceptions. He makes great decisions. Now, do you think with the shoulder injury that that if they do play him, uh, that 
he's not going to run, or if he runs, he certainly has to slide or get out of bounds. Uh, do, do, is the is the playbook limited, and is the improv limited uh, because of this? I mean, it would seem pretty obvious, well, you, right? You know, Harry, and, and, and but but in a game situation, like how do you how do you yeah. do that? I you, mean, can't, yeah, do, you can't, yeah, you can't cage say? you can't cage a warrior. I mean, he's going to go for it. That's why he got hurt. He knew he couldn't slide. If he slid, he would not have gotten the first down. He had to go for it, and that's where he took the shoulder injury. You know, and look, that Chicago game, I mean, like, apparently the, you know, the conditions there with the cold and, and the sun, sun was, like, right in his eyes, I think, on both interceptions. And yeah. You, know, you have that low sun in, in Soldier Field. I guess the stands are not that high. You know, you've got that sun in the southern sky, and and I mean, I I know like driving, driving down to Florida in December, and it's on a sunny day can be a real hassle because especially in the the afternoon because that sun's like coming at you from from the side. And, uh, <laughs> you got a jazzy, you got a jazzy ringtone. Uh, Bob has about three, four phones. So let me let me throw this out in our final minutes that we have. We've got about four or five minutes. I I am utterly certain that although I shouldn't say this because uh the Bengals and Joe Burrow are capable of beating either Kansas City or um Buffalo but I I'm just going to say that I think it's going to be um and I haven't looked at it but it should they should be on opposite sides with one being one and one being two I think it's going to be Buffalo and the Chiefs in the AFC final who will be in the final in the NFC? Uh, Eagles and hopefully San Francisco. Hopefully we, we don't have to face them before that. Uh, I'd say Eagles and San Francisco. I like San that. Francisco. Uh, and, and Harry, you know, the third-string quarterback in San Francisco is still beating everybody. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Sixth-round rookie quarterback. And he's still winning. San yeah. Francisco's yeah. still winning with this kid. I know. I, I think know. Garoppolo's coming back, though. So I don't know. Garoppolo might might be a, a downgrade from this kid. So, you know. But yet he was having a great season, though. Garoppolo was having a great uh, season. He went from the outhouse to the penthouse. They, in fact, there was you talk about that luck factor. Uh, there was if you go from the off season last year to this season. No one would have told you that Garoppolo would still have even been on the San Francisco 49ers uh, lineup, let alone the starter of the team, let alone play at the level that he did. Um, I I want to throw Minnesota out here for a second, Bob, because I did a little homework on them because that team annoys me. Uh, They're they're so lucky. Uh, I'm pretty sure that my math is correct, but I didn't like – sweat over it i think 11 of their 12 wins are one score or less i mean like eight points down to three points in 11 of 12 wins four of them uh were field goals that ended the game uh i mean just i mean and they came back what were they down 34 nothing something like that Thirty-three nothing. Thirty-three and nothing. They came back and, and won. And they win that one. Yeah. They're the luckiest twelve and three team in and oh, NFL yeah. history, and and they're only a game behind 
the Eagles, the good news is the Eagles beat Minnesota. So Minnesota would have to win both games and Eagles would have to lose both games. And I don't think that's going to happen, Bob. No, no. I mean, look, Minnesota would be the most undeserving number one seed ever. Oh, it would be it would be terrible. Let me throw. I'm going to I'm going to throw out less less than two minutes, Bob. I want to throw out two flyers. Both are going to sound ridiculous, but I think Green Bay, if they get into the playoffs, would be a dangerous team, and they're still in it right now at seven and eight. Uh, They, I, I would not want to play them if they get into the playoffs. And I think Tampa Bay, although they don't look great, and even in these couple of games that they've won lately to get to 7-8, and eight, uh, they don't look so hot. But you never know. Um, is there any team out there that in either the NFC or the AFC that might not have you know the top record in the league or in their division even, but that if they get into the playoffs would be dangerous? I'll, I'll throw a flyer at you. Um, the Chargers. They're pretty yeah, good. Chargers. Char- a lot of people pick the Chargers to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, they're not in you know, six. They, they're they're pretty good yeah. right now. Uh, I also a think Green, very talented quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. and Green Bay. Yeah. That's correct, Herbert. Of course, they're also really good. Green Bay yeah. is playing much better. The rookie receiver. Uh, has matured. He's a veteran now. And he's coming on. So they're dangerous. I don't know that they're going to make it, but definitely they're dangerous. From our perspective, Harry, we we, we don't want the Packers to make it in the playoffs or the Bucs. Yes. So I'm rooting rooting for... And Carolina Carolina wins against the Bucs this weekend. They've got the lead in in the... uh, AFCs. That, that is correct. They're seven and eight. South. Tampa Bay and yeah. Carolina six and yeah. nine. Bob, we did it. Yeah. We uh, had a good conversation. Have a great day, my All friend. Right, Harry. You know great. it. Thank you. Yep. My pleasure. Brian Kilmeade begins right now. In-